Let's get down to business. The way I see it, someone's out to make a sequel. You know, cash in on all the movie murder hoopla. So it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. Carnage candy. And number three, never ever under any circumstances assume the killer is dead. How did we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. Well, let's look at the suspects. There's Derek, the obvious boyfriend. So you think it's Derek? Not so fast. So forget the boyfriend. It's tired. Who else do we got? There's Mickey, the freaky Tarantino film student. But if he's a suspect, so am I. So let's move on. Maybe you are a suspect. Well, if I'm a suspect, you're a suspect. Do you have a point? Okay. Let's move on. Welcome back to a very special holiday episode of Creek Talk. This is Steven. And I'm Jamie. And this week, we're recapping Scream 2. (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping keeping it real with the holidays where we did Scream last year. So we're going to do Scream 2 this year. It's going to be a new tradition, Jamie. How about that? Well, I mean, how many... I mean, we could do this for several years. How many Scream movies are there? Um, Well, currently there's five. And then there's a sixth Mm. one that's coming out in February, I think. So we we could do this for a couple of years, and then we'll have to find a new yeah. <laughs> a new holiday movie to do. <laughs> um, but we also have a very special guest with us. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to our uh, podcast, Justin from Save by the Bell, the new class fan club. Hello, everybody! <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome back! Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, we're excited to have you because you were so good in the last episode you did. Oh, I appreciate that. I I had a blast last time, so I'm excited to see what we can drudge up and dig up and see what we can do. Why am I talking murder about and mayhem? I don't know. It's I think it's I think it's uh, seasonal depression for everybody. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, we're just going to be a bunch of depressed people today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm talking about murder and mayhem. With a and, smile on our face. That's yeah, yeah. That's a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> well i know that jamie this is the first time you watched this movie right yeah yeah okay. first time <laughs> so i wasn't surprised about that but um <laughs> as nobody should be <laughs> well did you like it i did shockingly i know <laughs> did you like Not it better than the first one i don't know matthew lillard Mm. <laughs> the first one was good i guess i'm gonna have to watch all of them now but maybe i'll just not watch them and we'll i'll watch them for the first time every year okay so it'll just be my thing it's gonna be like five years for you to get through all the movies <laughs> i mean compared to those are some cliffhangers that's a pretty big cliffhanger <laughs> i know <laughs> well actually that's kind of like how netflix works you know yeah. it's you into eight episodes and then you have to wait a year to that's true to find yeah. out you know Anyway, <laughs> well, how about you, Justin? What what is your relationship with Scream Two? Well, I I saw it in the theater. I was like a teenager when I saw it. I went with my mom, so we were we shared a like of horror films. Um, so 
it was fun. We went and seen that. I remember I was so upset whenever um, Sarah Michelle Geller that scene because i was a big buffy fan i was just like no she can't get killed she can't get killed and i was like i was like i'm walking out i'm walking out my mom's like you just calm down she's like just watch the movie she's like, it'll be okay as soon as i saw her in the classroom i'm like buffy's dying yep. <laughs> and then she was alone on the couch in the in the you know yeah. in the on the phone. I mean, she's on the just... phone. Buffy's dying, man. Yo, Buffy's it's, about it's to die. Yeah. Happening. So quick, too. I'm like, damn. Well, I always, I knew she was going to die from the trailer because they literally show her. <laughs> yeah. They show her, off. like, you know, being thrown off. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Jamie texted me earlier today and was like, I have so much anxiety. <laughs> what did you, I think you even called her Cece. You were like, Cece? No, I said Buffy's about to die. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe I read it as Cece. Like, this, in movie right, giving, in your head. this movie is giving me anxiety and Buffy's about to die. Like, that's pretty much what I said. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing that she was going to be in the movie and I was like, well, they're going to kill her off. Like, they killed her because she was a big name back yeah. then, you know? And I mean, she still has a big name, but she was big back then with all of those actors and being in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. And she was killed off in that. And she's pretty much like the star of that movie. Which I love that movie, by the way. That's one of my favorites of that era. Yeah. I mean, I love Scream, the Scream franchise, but there is a special place in my heart for the I Know What You Did. The first two, the third one, I don't even consider. I but um, I tried to watch that recently. <laughs> I tried to. It's uh, um, well, we did it. We did a podcast for somebody else reviewing that movie, and um, I forgot. Like, I hadn't watched it in a while, mm-hmm. and I forgot how. Like, it really is a good movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little overcomplicated when you're trying to like figure out the whole like killer situation. And all that stuff, but like when you actually sit down and watch it, you're like, oh, how did I miss that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, oh, the dad was the killer the whole time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes, kind of like with scream movies. Sometimes I disassociate the murders in the beginning half with the whole reveal. It's like once the reveal happens, it's kind of like, okay, here we go. Like, but to me, Ghostface is. Because you have the voice, you have the constant look, and the voice goes along with it. So to me, that's always the same killer until you have the whole convoluted. Well, I'm killing you now because you did this to my mom or did this to my dad or what? And it's just like, oh god, here we go. So kind of like with I know what you did last summer. I'm in long for the ride until it's like, oh, you're the one who's killing it. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. <laughs> you know, but. but it's a it's it's a good like build up. Yeah. Um, well, I. I saw this movie in the theaters after a football game. I remember like before I le- I was like working the concession, concession? stand yeah. at the football game. And I remember seeing like Sarah Michelle Gellar was doing interviews on MTV at the time or whatever. And like they kept showing that the clip of her where she's on the phone walking through the house and Ghostface just like jumps out from behind the door or whatever. And I remember being like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this movie because I love the first one so much. And um, it was like, like, very, like, spur of the moment. People were like, we're going to go see Scream 2. And I was like, I'm going. (laughs) I'm going. (laughs) So it was like a big group of people. And I remember going and seeing it. And it was a crowded theater. It was a Friday night. There was so many people there from school. And every, everybody, it wasn't as bad as, like, um, the theater in the film. But it was very uh, like hyper and loud and everybody was like excited. You could feel like the energy in the theater seeing the movie, you know? 
I remember moments watching it where people would laugh in certain parts where it maybe wasn't supposed to be funny, but I still yeah. remember like as if I was in the theater watching it again, I'm like, oh, I remember where people would laugh. We would all laugh at that. I saw this movie a couple of times. I was one of those people that would you know, go see it with certain friends or either we'd see it three or four times or I'd be like, hey, have you seen Scream 2 yet? I'll go with you. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, if I loved it, I watched it. I mean, as I could do today, I watched yeah. things over and over. I'm the type to watch a movie 50 million times and 50 million and one over somebody saying, hey, want to watch this new movie? I'm like, no, let's let's watch the old Buffy movie or something. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like yes. hey, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. There was only like one movie that I can recall where I went and saw it in the movie theaters like a lot. What? what was only it? one. <laughs> oh, God. Laugh. <laughs> oh, God. Twilight. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I <laughs> must have gone and seen that in theater with What a friends. waste of money. <laughs> I've told you how much I can't stand that girl. <laughs> Oh, who um, what's her name? Um, oh, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy on TikTok who makes fun of her, and he does all of her facial tics and everything from that movie. And like, there's like certain scenes that he'll reenact where she's doing odd things. It's really funny. And I was like, I don't need to watch this movie now because this is all I need because <laughs> <laughs> she's so fucking annoying. <laughs> um, but yeah, Scream. The Scream franchise for me, I think I've even said it in our Scream episode, is just, like, I love it so much. I love these movies. I love that Kevin Williamson came back and wrote the sequel, and Wes Craven came back. I love that all of the main players came back, and there were, like, this whole new group of actors and characters um, in a whole new setting, but it was it's still the same formula for, like the like, it was with the original. So... Um, it wasn't it wasn't like a letdown for me at all. I, um, you know, watching it now, there are things that you notice where you're like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would she go back to the theater? So they just they just randomly started putting all like the lights on in the theater and the music and she just heard it and decided to go back there for the final. You know what I mean? Because you don't she really probably like... thought that there was somebody in there that could help her because I thought of that. The only reason why I would think of that is she thought somebody was there. But it's stupid, though, because she knew the entire school was on lockdown. So, yeah. So you so you go, well, that doesn't make sense. But it's a way it was a way to get her back to the theater, obviously. But um, when you watch it like 117 times, you do notice like all the. Even the like the things. the whole name, like when we were trying to like, you know, yeah. Maureen and Steve, Phil Stevens, as soon as it comes up basically goes away yeah like there's no you think oh oh there's something here there's something going let's see if they're gonna try to figure out who's next by the no mm-hmm. it's we're done <laughs> there have been other people who have brought that up and said that they sort of just bring that up as a plot point and then all of a sudden it just it just disappears <laughs> but when they talk about it you're like oh yeah, yeah. you get into it you you, you, <laughs> can, you you're buy you buy into it as oh her name was dc aka casey that makes sense <laughs> oh yeah that's you know, like gullible and i was like is there gonna be a are they gonna kill a tatum there's not a tatum in this <laughs> right <laughs> what's her last name yeah we... <laughs> anyway. um you know what else i loved in this movie because kevin williamson does it in dawson's creek especially in season two he started that whole thing where he was um 
like he made a movie within a movie where he did the whole stab franchise mm-hmm. which were the events of the original scream and he made them into a movie and put them in the sequel um i love that he did that i remember watching that for the first time in the theater and being so like blown away by it and like when the when it comes up like um based on the book by gal weathers i was like oh my god he's making it all like um they they say meta right yeah so they're making it all like meta now or they're doing this whole thing where it's like a movie within a movie and we already know what happened so now when we see the the film clips of stab playing it's so silly and so like funny and it's like those like lifetime movies or like even like a unsolved mysteries where they do the reenactments and you're you kind of see because we know obviously what it looked like but then you also see the differences and like how they went and made that effort to obviously not try to make it look exactly like it so you see her going in the shower as opposed to watching a movie and you know they exaggerate things enough but they also you also like are like oh wow this is pretty good reenactment so so yeah i love that they went to that length to to add that and then even like the scene with tori spelling and Mm -hmm. you know do that whole thing in the in the um the school you know that was that was cute how they just kept adding those little things like on the TV as like they were in the the cafe or whatever. Well, it was also funny too because they brought Tori Spelling in because in the in the first one, yeah, um, Sydney says with my luck they cast Tori Spelling and then they actually cast Tori Spelling to play her in the movie, okay. which I thought was so funny. And then all like the inside jokes where Courtney Cox says she mentions Jennifer Aniston and um, David Schwimmer's playing Dewey in the movie. Like they mentioned David Schwimmer's name. Yep. So yep. it's all like that type of inside jokes. And Kevin, Kevin Williamson has a cameo yep. playing the um, reporter in current yep. edition. Yeah. Reporter. And um, there's the Freddie sweater on the background and Sydney's um, dorm. When Hallie comes in, you see the Freddie sweater. So it's all like that type of stuff that I love that Wes Craven and, kevin williamson did so i don't know yeah. if if west did this on purpose but um i think it's sydney's drama teacher or professor or whatever mm-hmm. um he was actually supposed to play the original freddy krueger was he yeah, oh david, my god i never knew that david um david warner david warner yes yeah there's there's a couple pictures online of his like makeup test before um robert did his but i guess he was supposed to play because West was such a big fan of his even back then. Oh wow, I so, never knew that. And I love the Freddy's Nightmare on Elm Street series. I never knew that. I I, I kind of put it together whenever I heard them talk cuz I was listening to the commentary this morning and I heard them talk about I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? And then I double checked it. So Oh. That's probably wow. just another connection for West to be like, I'm going to finally get you in one of my movies. <laughs> well, he did that too with um the the um the cameraman from the first Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but Kenny the cameraman, mm-hmm. he was in a lot of Wes Craven films yeah. um, prior to being in Scream. So I like when a director does that, when they remember their actors and bring them back for... As long you know, as you're not doing it like Rob Zombie, <laughs> where that's all your cast, you know? But yeah, I do like it whenever whenever you kind of see a, a link throughout certain movies sometimes and they have like a little community of players that they, yeah. they work with. I love that. I love that. Me too. Um, all right. Well, before we start breaking this down, which we were already talking about, I just thought we would just talk quickly um, kind of where we're at right now with Christmas and the holidays coming up. 
Are you like excited? Are you like ready to like <laughs> jump out a fucking window? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah sounds about right. <laughs> I have been procrastinating so bad. It's like I don't even know. I just am like I'm. I'm over everything. <laughs> I'm so done with this year. I keep telling myself I just need to get past this, and then I just there's always something. I just gotta get past the holidays, and then what happens after the holidays? I gotta get past. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> just so tired. <laughs> but no, I I sometimes think I don't want to be the asshole that I want to be like because people are like oh I just want to get through this year and then it'll be done. I'm like thinking what's well, gonna be so different in January first, 2023. But I don't want to be that asshole. But I I think that you know that way sometimes. But I also think that too. Think though, I'm gonna be the like the only thing that would be different well, is I don't have any big obligations. Like there's no weddings to be a part of. There's no like immediate travel needs that needs to be taken yeah. care of. There's no holidays and shopping and birthdays that I'm aware of right That's now that I need to worry about. about. <laughs> I'm just, uh, these last couple of months have been nonstop and I think I'm probably emotionally and mentally fried. So well, I, I apologize to everybody if I get quiet every now and again. I just, my brain's overloaded. So, <laughs> but I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> no. She's here. She's just busy looking at her fucking chameleon <laughs> because she thinks her chameleon needs to go to sleep. <laughs> no, they get 12 hours of sleep. If she's falling asleep, I can't. I'm sure she's getting it. No. Last week, last week we were recording and I was like, stop looking at your chameleon. Dude, she was brand new to me last week. I just wanted to make sure she was surviving. Okay. Uh, adjusting. I go, I go. They're so sensitive, Steven. You don't even know. I don't think she understands you, Jamie, does she? And she's like, no. <laughs> but it makes me feel better. Isn't that what's important? I guess. Fuck you. <laughs> I got to get through this. <laughs> I get through this podcast. Um... <laughs> oh, Justin, we had our first fight a couple weeks ago before we did um, the Young Americans thing. And mm -hmm. it's a, a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> the dramas on Patreon. But, uh oh. <laughs> no, it was it was so silly, but um me and Jamie don't fight, but it was, you know. <laughs> I had to be firm with you then, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like listen. <laughs> but it was uh yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> I think it's but, just in the air. It's just there's something in the air. Like you said, let's just get past the holidays, hopefully. I think everybody's just tired. Mm -hmm. And not to mention, oh. like, the season change and it's darker now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, seasonal depression is definitely a thing, like you'd said. Mm -hmm. So, well, just trying to get through shit. I mean, obviously, we're all going through personal stuff. Like, I'm going through a lot of personal shit right now, especially with our living situation. And that's been a, a big stress on me. Like, mm -hmm. worrying about somebody buying the house and having to move and figuring out right now, like, what we're going to do in the meantime, because it is such a big fucking decision to to buy a house and whatever comes with that it's very stressful and it scares the shit out of me and like i'm like can i be a homeowner but like all my siblings are like Stephen, just see if you can get a fucking loan and get a house <laughs> like that's all you have to do yeah, <laughs> and they're all I mean, younger than yeah. me and i'm like well yeah it sounds easy to you but the thought of having a home scares me but um i i want a house like i want to have my own house I would love to buy this house and just gut it and redo the whole thing, but it's a lot of money. I mean, it's kind of like renting, only with more paperwork. You pay every month like you already do, 
The only thing is, um, if something breaks, you're the one that has to fix it. Right. You don't call a landlord. That's that's you know. Well, my landlord's a fucking scumbag right now. So, um, but I did put up some Christmas lights around the window this week, and like half of them were burned out. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> what the fuck does this say? <laughs> but I did have enough to put them around all the windows in my apartment. So that's giving me some sort of like festive mood and I put some pillows up, but right now that's all I have up. We don't have our tree up or anything. Cause I was sort of like, do we even put a tree up this year? But we're already in the middle of December. So it's not like if somebody came and bought the house, they could tell us they, they can't be like, you have to leave, you know? Plus I don't think anybody's going to buy the house right now. Um, But anyway, I am just very much like not in the mood to go Christmas shopping. I don't have that mindset right now. I don't even know what to buy anybody. I just, like I don't want I don't want to rush Christmas to get here, but like I'm so looking forward to having that whole fucking week off until um, January 3rd to myself because I, I took all this PTO to take off. I'm just looking forward to it and just relaxing. So I don't know. I don't want it to be over. Like I'm, I am looking forward to like being with my family on Christmas, but at the same time, like if we just stayed here and just like had dinner and watched something, I wouldn't even care about that either. You know, I wouldn't care either way. So I don't know. So we'll see what happens. If you see stuff on my uh, Instagram where I have a Christmas tree up, then maybe I'm like getting out of my seasonal cloud. Yeah. My, Mm. my uh, rainy cloud. Plus it's been raining here like crazy. So yeah. It has but been. Yeah. It's cold. It's yeah. damp. Well, now that people um have put the guns down, <laughs> I guess we can talk about the uh the movie. <laughs> <laughs> people have people stopped tying their nooses and they're like, all right, are they gonna talk about this fucking movie? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, all right, so um I'm going to start by saying that, if you didn't know already, Scream 2 was directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson, who created Dawson's Creek, which is why we're doing this for Christmas. (laughs) And um, it was released on December 12th, 1997, which to me makes it a Christmas movie, which makes Scream 1 a Christmas movie, because that was released in December as well. Um, I always look at them as like holiday movies, even though they're slasher. Because I always look forward to them coming out whenever I was like, oh, it's December. It's probably a new screen. Yes. Whatever. I feel so out of the loop with this because you both have this long history with this show and these people. And I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But we're older than you too, Jamie. So? Well, our history. Look, wait, what is what does Joey always say to Pacey where she's like, Dawson's my past. I'm building my future with you, Jamie. <laughs> Swoon. <laughs> Scream and Dawson's Creek were in my past. I'm building my future in this podcast with you, Jamie. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. Um, well, no, it's also fun because you're you're a, like a brand new viewer to these things. So right. we're getting your opinion about everything. And I mean, Jamie. We're already on season four of Dawson's Creek. I think you're, you're I doing pretty it. well. <laughs> I'm loving it. No. <laughs> if you if it was terrible, I'd be like, Jamie, I think we need to do something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
a lot of our feedback is like, I love Jamie because she's so into Pacey. <laughs> Like, oh man, do I love me some Pacey? Mm-mm-mm. I was so excited to see him in this movie, by the way. Yes. That's what I was gonna say. Looks like he yeah. walked right off the set because he looks yeah. just like Pacey. And his- he was in oh, and then he was out. I was yep. like, oh, is he gonna be in here? No, he's just a just a no. cameo. And then he was out the door, but it was great. I was like, best film class, and it had to be a film class, right? Best <laughs> film class ever. I see, I see. Well, that's I what love I loved that. about these movies was there was especially of that time frame if you know you were part of the pop culture anybody and everybody could have showed up you know you kind of knew about it if you were reading up about it but it was just fun to see just someone like him just instead of being a big part of it he obviously had the time to you know right. up wherever and it was just cool to see the cast fill out and not have to have everybody that showed up be get killed off because usually in a movie it's like if you have a role even if it's a small role you're going to get killed off but him and rebecca gayhart portia they all just play like very cool fun supporting roles especially the two girls i want to talk about them later i love the the one the one um i don't know anybody's names i mean that's not surprising but (laughs) the one sorority girl with the big curly hair rebecca Rebecca gayhart Okay, she was in. Was it like Urban Legend or something? Yes. Yes. Okay. Brenda, so I'm like, I'm like, oh, her. She's in another thing, one that I actually have seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Stephen will know her as the Maxima girl. Mm-hmm. And Dylan McKay's uh, wife. Yes, absolutely. I forget her name in that though. I Tony Machette. Oh I my god. Any of these people are? <laughs> yeah, that I know not O two and O. <laughs> oh okay sure <laughs> that I explains told, everything i was saying i follow a nana to an o twitter account and they're always posting stuff and i was like i should really do like a nana to an o rewatch because oh. i haven't watched that show in years and i like thinking about the dylan and tony storyline i remember that episode where they killed her mm-hmm. and me and my younger sister were watching it but my sister Bettina, who's four years younger than me, and she was like, um, they killed her. I was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know what year it happened, but I had to be like 12 or 13. That was 90, the 90, like six season, 95, 96 season. Oh, so I was probably like 15 then. So then it was yeah, season was six. So, wow. Yeah, I was like 15 then. So. I remember watching it and being like shocked that they killed her off because you really now we're talking about Rebecca Gayhart, but like they why re- do I keep coming really on here? Like I was talking about Nano Two and O. I know. <laughs> Nano I didn't start it this time, but I keep Nano Two and O is why Dawson's Creek became so famous. So yes. like you got to give it some kind of credit. You, right? sh- you should definitely like rewatch it. You know, in your spare time, I think you'll enjoy going down that memory lane. Yeah, I think I I think I will, especially those first couple of seasons with Brenda. I'm a Brenda Stan forever. See, I love. Her. I was until I started loving Valerie. Not just because I love Tiffany Amber. It, right back in the yeah, day, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, before, I remember. I love <laughs> Valerie seasons, but no, it, it's either I'm like you know in the mood for high school. Okay, but mostly I go after college seasons. But anyway, Valerie Valerie Malone was a really good character on that show. Yeah, I, she I brought have to some life it. into it. Yeah, but um. But yeah, Urban Legend was a good movie. We should actually do that one soon too, Jamie. I would like to. I actually like that one. I think, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. It's opening weekend gross $33 million. By the way, I'm rounding these numbers off. Um, $33 million. Its US and Canada gross was $101 million. 
And worldwide, um, that's not correct. I think it's three something. Hold on, let me double check. I wrote 172, but I believe it's three something. I probably fell asleep when I was writing it. <laughs> no, it's worldwide gross is 172 million. That doesn't seem right, but I don't know. It's IMDb. So anyway, that's a lot of money for a sequel for, you know, this type of movie, which they had a lot of like, um, like popular actors and stuff. I mean, there's probably this is so long ago, though, that. I mean, I don't know if they were just starting out or just becoming big or whatever, but oh, like, yeah. when the movie was going on, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. That's Hi. what that's what was fun, because usually back in the 80s, it was people who weren't really known or maybe a soap yeah. opera actor. But in the 90s, it was like, if you were on a WB, Fox, um, eventually CW and all those, or not CW, but like uh, UPN even, um, if you were popular on those shows, they wanted you. It was the other way around before, but that's what was fun is they were in their prime yeah. when they were on here. So it was just like you said, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, there's so and so there's so and so. And yep. so kind of like with Urban Legends and Valentine, I think it was yeah, like with all David of those movies from this that decade for sure. Yeah, yep. th- those are my 20s. <laughs> I was like watching all those movies. Those my late I was under 10. So, <laughs> well, I was 16 when I saw this movie. So I was very excited to see it. But yeah, speaking of when you're saying like they're all new actors, like I didn't know who Timothy Oliphant was. I didn't know who like Elise Neal was. I didn't know. Um, I mean, I wasn't even that familiar with um, what's his name? Who plays Randy? Oh, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy. Like I wasn't even that familiar with him because I only thing I saw him in was Scream. Mm-hmm. But um, and even Jerry O'Connell was like, I mean, he was he was a name at the time, but. I, I don't think he was like that big of a name back then. Not really. He had his show Sliders, yeah. which was like kind of big on Fox, but not really. Yeah. Oh, and he was so cute in this movie, too. Like, I thought he was so cute in this. I don't know if it was like my Blu-ray or whatever. But his eyes were piercing blue. Very yeah. blue. I never noticed how blue his eyes were. But yeah. And he had like his blue shirts. Maybe. I don't know. But it was just like there was a lot of blue going on when I watched. Yes. There's a lot of blue in this. I feel like I talked about that before with somebody else. Like the um, I, I don't know if the wardrobe department like was very aware of it, but they were putting the um their costumes. They were all wearing like a lot of the same colors. And if you look at Sydney and Hallie, they're both sort of like wearing the same type of clothes all the time. It's mm-hmm. so interesting when you when you watch them. And back. I think like to your point, I think they were probably doing it. And like Sydney seemed to be like in the earth tone, brown brown, um, her leather jacket. So like she was almost like very distinguished from the others who were more pastels or a little bit more like you said, the blues. Um, so yeah, they probably like did that. probably done on purpose though, yep. especially like, like the, 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 the her entire her... history and everything that she's been through. She's taken a darker, edgier vibe where everybody else is like, yay. but you know Great. what? I, I will done. say in my notes to that point, I did love that they didn't make her into survival mold right away. Like you yeah. saw Sydney just being like, you know, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Uh, you know, c- look at her old school caller ID and was like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, I got your number. You're right here. Blah, blah, blah. She was very calm and collected about right. it because she thought it was over. Yeah, you she know? went out and you, know, you, you saw her actually go to parties. So it wasn't kind of like with Jamie Lee Curtis and you see her right away with the rifles and like the pistols. <laughs> and I mean, that comes later in Stream 3 and she's all hiding away in her woods and her dogs and her gates and all that stuff. But you got to see her still be 
protective, still be very cautious, but um, it, it was very smart of them to not have her just be right away. Um, Jumpy. Yes. I mean, that comes a little bit later in the movie, but that with good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is so true. It's a really good point. Um, because she is. She doesn't have, she like she's got a guard up. But at the same time, she's also very like, I'm not going to let what happened stop me from living my life. Goes to parties. She goes, she, you know, she's very um, social with her, with Haley. And she's, she's got very... a boyfriend. she got another yeah. boyfriend, you know. Um, if I were her, I probably wouldn't date again for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but she's dating. And the good thing is, is that she does have Randy there. And, you know, and then eventually Dewey comes back and then. And I always, always, always love her relationship with Gail. Like that scene when Gail comes back and ambushes her with Cotton and she just backhands her like she did in the first one. What I love is like you see her do like the I'm going to. And then she's like, Gail, like, no, 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 no. And then Gail's (laughs) like, she turns away and all of a sudden Gail says something else. She's like, oh, fuck it. And she (laughs) hauls off and backhands her. I'm like, that's great. Because you see her like, oh, I'm going to you know, nope, nope. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be good because that's how you would. You would be like. And they fuck it. I don't care. I'm she's she deserves this. She so, does deserve it. I love I love some of Nev's and Courtney's, but Nev's acting choices in this this movie in particular because she's you you feel it. So I think this movie is such a re- such a great sequel for a horror franchise. They talk about sequels being terrible in the film class scene. And they're sort of like making fun of the fact that this is a sequel. And, you know, later on, they give us the rules of a sequel and all this stuff, which they're trying to like abide by with this film. So but I always, always thought that this was such a great follow up to that first movie. And I agree with you, Justin. I feel like uh, Nev Campbell's acting in this and the way she um she looked at Sydney and played Sydney in this, the sequel was so much, it was so much more interesting than the first one because she's not, she's not a victim and she's going to fight and she's a lot stronger. And she just is like, I don't give a fuck until, and, and, and then you see like, she's sort of like breaking down a little bit where she starts to like, not believe Derek. And she's like questioning whether or not he's really like, uh, like she can trust him and girls traumatized I right mean, and she, she but that's when she starts like to break down yeah. yeah but to derek's credit he's like i'll be right here waiting for you he understands he's not like you know sydney what's going on here you know how they could have played him very because you know we're still trying to figure out is he the killer is he not Poor you know Derek. That, you know he he's just he's just trying to be a good guy and uh but yeah no i i i do like that she we actually see her pull back from him physically yeah. pull back mentally pull back and that's a good step for that because they build that one especially when she sees him later on come down and you know realizes and i love that she eventually um spoiler alert wears the his number his letters in the in season or season <laughs> in um, part three so right. that, that comes back and so um obviously she realizes that he he was a good guy so yeah um it is sad it is so sad when when they kill derek off too because because you because in that moment like i mean this is later on when we find out who the killers are but like in that moment you're like well is he the killer is he or isn't he you know because mickey's saying like 
Derek Derek uh, left my ass or whatever, and I and that was smart on his part. I think yeah, you know, it was very smart because she's already leery leery of him, and she's, yeah. she doesn't want to untie him and everything. And she's like, like, what do I do? But yeah, I thought it was very smart, and it makes the viewer be like, oh my god, like I'm so confused right now. Which is what mm-hmm. these movies should do because they did it in the first one too. Like, I mean, if you watch the first one, I mean, I always watched the first one and I always thought Billy was a killer from the very beginning. Um, I just it was that scene with the cell phone falling out of his pocket when he finds uh, Sydney being chased through her house in the beginning. I always was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's definitely the killer. Mm-hmm. But um, but you don't know. So then I'm like, are they going to make the boyfriend the killer again in this one? Because Derek is such a great character to me. Like, I think he, he's very, like, well-meaning and he cares about her and he, like, just wants to be that for her, like you said. But you don't know because everybody's a suspect. Well, when we get into, like, more of the the ending, the proper ending, when we discuss that, are you familiar with, like, the the leaked script yeah. and all, like, the ending and all that with Derek being... Derek and Haley apparently were <laughs> supposed to be the killers, but also Mickey was the killer and then... Debbie was part of the killer. There was like five killers apparently in the in the um, leaked draft or leaked yeah. script that they did. But we'll talk more about that a little bit because I have a little bit of notes about. Well, that. I know I remember when all this stuff was coming out on the internet. I was at my friend's house every fucking day looking up Scream Two stuff, and to the point where she was like, "You're only friends with me, so you can use my computer." And I was like, "No, I'm not. I have a computer. Your computer's just faster." <laughs> you're right i'm using you for your internet connection yeah it wasn't your computer it was your internet (laughs) so so i remember i remember filming or um filming i remember looking up that leaked script but i didn't want to read it so i remember Mm -hmm. saving it for such a long time because i wanted to um see the movie and be surprised um but yeah the the leaked script it had Haley and derek being in cahoots together and then they changed it to Mickey and Mrs. Loomis. So, um, which, by the way, I remember when I saw the movie in the theaters and you see Laurie Metcalf like creeping in the background in her first scene where gals at the college talking to Joel, the cameraman. I was like, is that Aunt Jackie? I was like, <laughs> I didn't even know she was in the movie. And um, even throughout the even throughout watching it for the first time, I had no idea that she was even the killer i had Mm-mm. no idea Mm-mm. i did not suspect her at all i just thought she was just like um like a fan of gals but i thought they played it really really well like how she's they... brilliant i love her laurie Metcalf yeah. is such a great actress she knows how to play each part of that role like she was very good at playing the i'm just a very big fan of yours and i'm just oh, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry gail oh duh. and then when she has to really be wide-eyed and crazy and you know billy my billy uh, 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 and with the guns in her hand i mean she's just you go along on a journey with that woman i mean that yeah. woman has been through some shit and she's she's showing it now I love when she's I love at the end when she's banging against the door and you see her head like flopping. (laughs) I love like when she like at the basically goes in like her final mode where she's just like "Ah!" and she I mean she's just nonstop at that point. She's not talking, she's not whatever, she's just crazy. I'm just like, oh my god, that she really was the perfect person to play that role. Her someone eyes could have got so them. big. She really sold it. She's like, I've got crazy eyes. Yes. Damn. All right. Was that a negative disparaging remark against my son? <laughs> against my Billy? <laughs> Her eyes got so big. I'm like, you got crazy eyes, lady. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 
Laurie Metcalf is a fucking gem. Yes. Um, okay, well, let's talk about the opening sequence because these films are known for their openings, right? Like we got mm-hmm. Casey and or AKA Drew Barrymore in the opening, the first one with the opening in the first one. And this, uh, the sequel, we have Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps. They got free tickets to see the opening of Stab. And they're at the Rialto, which is big in Dawson's Creek. And we see the big giant hand with the knife, neon green stab going down. It's in, it's in, um, Stabathon, or is that what they say? Or, uh, the thing comes up, comes up on the screen where they say it's filmed in Stab, oh, Stabovision. Yeah. Yeah. Stabathon's in Scream 4. Um, there, yeah, it's filmed in Stabovision, and everybody has a costume. So, there were killers dressed in this ghost. So stupid. I... It's so it's so um uh what's the word? It's uh it's not right. No. <laughs> first of all, dressed. do you see the party these people were having inside this movie theater? Right. Like, first of all, what movie theater passes out costumes where you can't like see them or like it's just asking for trouble? Like this isn't Halloween. And I don't mean the movie, okay? I mean the, the, you know, the holiday. And then you got them throwing popcorn and being loud and, like, throwing, running up and down the aisles and climbing over seats and, like... The poor, like, ushers and everybody, like, you know, cranking the flying... hating their lives right now. They've got, like, this pulley system with a, you know, you know, the mask just flying from I mean, those poor people are like dodging the as they're cranking it they're like oh my god yeah, oh my god people are dodging on? and decking because there's this and thing just shooting across the top I'm of the movie theater sorry I mean, but like would we yeah. really actually be passing out the actual mask of the real actual no. killer i mean it's like, just the entire thing was stupid I, I don't, a little bit you know it's so like completely insensitive but not even just that's that it, like that's the word insensitive, that's the word it's insensitive <laughs> but it's it's the liability alone, Stephen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it becomes a liability because two people end up dead. So. That's what I mean. You got people wearing masks freely. Like anything could happen. You don't know who's who and what's doing. Like wielding knives. I mean, yeah. Granted, most of them all had those glow in the dark knives, yeah, but, but someone could bring their know. own props. No, you don't ch- know. And that's the yeah, thing, though. Like, like, why would you even want to chance it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I don't see movies on opening night. <laughs> and that's why I go to the movies like on a Monday when nobody's there. <laughs> because that uh, movie theater scene was fucking torture to me. Because if I had to sit in a theater with people like that, I would just get up and leave. I would get a refund and leave. I would not the, sit there and watch the movie. The only time I was ever in a movie theater that was like that was for Mama Mia and it was the end credits and that's because we were all singing okay <laughs> like <laughs> we were all singing and dancing in the aisle and it was like the end it was like a party you like, were all really? singing and dancing in the we aisle we were literally everybody was out of their seats it was the coolest experience of my life but that's like it's, it's a musical it's a happy thing See, that, yeah that like I can understand a murder <laughs> a like, I'm gonna kill movie. you it's great yeah no. um well, we meet um, Maureen, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, and her boyfriend, Phil, played by Omar Epps. And um, he's excited to see the movie. She doesn't want to see it. She wants to go and study or whatever. And she went, no, she wants to go see Sandra Bullock. She wants to go see Sandra Bullock. Yeah. <laughs> Should have saw Sandra. Should have saw Sandra. Yeah, at one point he goes, like, I don't want to see some Sandra Bullock's shit. <laughs> Unless she's naked. <laughs> or whatever she's like, he says. And I always liked her dial the line where she goes, um, 
It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their asses cut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what she says. And then what I love is like when they're passing out the the ghost face mask and outfit, she's like, see, white. And she's yeah. like showing him the, the mask. <laughs> I'm just like, damn. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very insensitive, like Jamie said. Um but we do get but it to was see, the 90s. So, yeah, think everybody wasn't sensitive back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but we start to see the the movie. It starts to play out. The stab opening starts it's really cool. Um, it opens like sort of like how the opening of Scream started, where the girl alone in the house. It's a totally different house than what Casey's house was. It's a lot more like um, modern to me. Um mm-hmm. But the dialogue's real silly. Um, at one point, she's like, you know, I don't even know you, and I dislike you already. And everybody's like, everybody's going crazy in the audience. It's like hysterics. And at one point, Maureen's like, bitch, hang up the phone and Star 69 is ass. And everybody's like, shh. And I was like, oh my god, do you remember Star 69? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Ever. <laughs> that was such an easy way to see who was crank calling your house. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. I've done the prank call thing. Well, it wasn't my phone and it wasn't my idea. But anyways, as a kid, and they never called back. Why? I never used Star 69. I don't know. <laughs> well, isn't there another option that you can use that they can't tell? Yeah, Star you can block it. Or something like that. We, oh, okay. we like block the number before you call out. So maybe they couldn't. I don't really know. I never tried. <laughs> But I, was, I, was I wasn't cranking there. people's houses. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Jamie was. Is your fridge running? You better go catch it. <laughs> Stupid shit like that. Or you do have Jim Bean in a can. <laughs> you better let him out. You know? <laughs> Stupid like that. <laughs> oh my God. Jamie. Dumb shit. Dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's just sitting at home as like a nine-year-old. She's like, I know what I'm going to do today. <laughs> I'm no, it was never my somebody. idea. It was always at like a friend's house. And I'm like, let's prank call. And I'm like, can we just go home and watch Buffy? Like, Amen. <laughs> I wasn't into the prank home. call thing, but I mean, like I was there when it happened and, you know, but I didn't really participate in it because I just felt stupid. Just as stupid as the person on the other end sometimes. <laughs> just like, um, I don't know how to keep this straight up. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me either. That's why I just sat there and watched. I'm like, you feel better about yourself now? <laughs> right. <laughs> my brother, my younger brother would do it all the time. And I would just be like, what are you doing? Like, it's such a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I never bored. understood. We were bored youth, okay? <laughs> we were bored people. <laughs> um, But we see that Heather Graham is actually playing Casey Becker in the stab film, which is interesting. So they have like actual actors playing characters in this fake movie. I love it. I love it. It's very meta. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she leaves to go get popcorn and then um, she comes back. She's scared to go back in and then Phil jumps out and scares her. So they sort of like make up. She's fine. She goes back in to see the movie by herself. And then he goes to the bathroom so he's like waiting there because there's two people in ghost face costumes standing at the urinals right he sees an open stall so then he goes to to the stall to go to the bathroom and he hears somebody in the stall next to him sort of like talking like baby talk which (laughs) i always thought was weird (laughs) so he puts his head up like his ear up against the stall and then we see the person in the stall uh, the other stall 
stab right through the other the stall wall into his head ear or i think inside of his head like perfect shot so (laughs) i always thought that scene was sort of not realistic like the kill was not realistic i don't think that knife would have went through that stall door wall that stuff's made out of metal like (laughs) double metal i mean like yeah thick i don't know but i mean what is the knife made out of (laughs) any stall that i've ever been in it's been usually metal Uh, those were metal they They were the metal old school doors they're not even that new plastic shit that they use it's metal there's no no way so i don't know why they decided to kill him that way i feel like there were there could have been other possible options that they could have used but they didn't. They went. To that be route. fair, though, he shouldn't have been eavesdropping like a like a you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever. He was like, "Ooh, somebody do your business." Busy. I mean, like that's kind do of etiquette one hundred and one. I would never put my ear up against a stall, a bathroom stall wall. No, absolutely I even, not. <laughs> I don't even touch the handles. Like, I go in and I touch everything with my shoe. <laughs> I don't touch yep. anything. Um, but he's killed. We see him on the floor. And so now Maureen's like fully into the movie, right? Like she's like really into it. And then Phil comes back. He's wearing the mask and he's not like responding to anything she's saying. And then a jump scare happens and she hugs him. And then she backs up and she's got blood all over her hands. It took a very long time for her to like understand what she was looking at. She was like, (laughs) what? So she's got blood all over her hands. And then uh, he pulls the knife. And he just stabs her right in the stomach. And she tries to get up and leave. And this part really, it, like, okay, I never thought this opening scene was that amazing to me. I I mean, nothing will live up to the first Scream's opening scene. But just knowing that she was just being stabbed to death in front of a crowd of people in a theater like that, and nobody stopping to help her. It's terrifying. It like, is difficult to it, watch. And I mean, you see, <laughs> yeah. you see flashes of other people there, and they're getting like splashes of blood on them, and they're like, mm-hmm. "What is like, this? What?" As they're starting cheering, they're kind of like, "Wait, uh? right?" It's not only it's only until she gets like towards the front and is literally bleeding out in front of the actual screen that people got quiet, and they're like, "Maybe this isn't fake." And I, I mean, that's what I, that's what I mean about liability, man. Why are the customers <laughs> outfits out? What are you doing? Well, the point when Gal comes in that she's talking to somebody and they're like, they're going to pull the movie. And she's like, um, this is all free publicity. They'd be stupid to pull it. They're going to break box office records. <laughs> like She can care a lot. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> so she's like, the murders is free press. But yeah, she's so Maureen is up in front of everybody and she lets out this like screeching howl and then she just falls and dies. And then we get the opening title card, Scream 2. And it starts to play out this like really sweet song called Your Lucky Day in Hell. By the way, the soundtrack is really good. I have the soundtrack. I listen to it hundreds of times. I love it. And we finally see our heroine, Sydney Prescott. She's back. Um, she gets a prank call and uh, the music sort of turns a little bit because we hear Ghostface on the other line. And she's sort of like playing along with it. And then we see that... Um, what do they say they say what's your favorite scary movie and then or i forget what i forget what they say to each other but um she calls them out and she's like Corey gillis five 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 oh one seven six and then we hear him go like shit 
<laughs> and then she starts calling out like the the penal code for uh prank phone calls and um he hangs up because she's got a um caller ID. Caller ID, yeah. Caller ID. We all have caller ID on our phone. <laughs> yeah, but we never used to, man. Yeah. Because she had like one of the old school like square boxes. I remember having that. I remember having that in my in my living room next to our uh regular phone. Um so now we meet Sydney's roommate Haley, aka the new Tatum. She's played by Elise Neal. And she's trying to get Sydney to pledge a uh, sorority with her, with Sister Lois and Sister Murphy. And <laughs> Sydney's not about that life. She's not about the Greek life. She doesn't want to do it. And Haley's like, you really need to like stop being so like guarded or whatever and sydney's like i'm fine and she's like i'm fine i know i'm fine it stretched tightly across your face <laughs> and then this girl comes up out of nowhere and she's like oh my god guys check out the news <laughs> and that's where we see that there were two students murdered so now sydney's like i can't believe this is happening again but i feel like she believes that it's happening because it's based from the movie and everything but randy doesn't right randy's the one who's sort of like i'm not gonna believe it it's just he's like, in denial kind yeah. Of, yeah or he's whatever so now sydney's sort of like i gotta go find randy randy does this dumb english dialect for whatever reason i don't understand why <laughs> and he's telling her like it's not about them it has nothing to do with them and She's like, two people were were killed watching a movie based on our lives. How much more could you like think that it's not about us? Yeah, like you said, he's in denial. I do like the scene between Gail and Dewey, like whenever yes. that like whole like their interactions all the yeah, time. Yeah. When they come together for the first time, especially, and you could tell he's just so overwhelmed with emotions because he wants to be mad at her. He wants to, but he's just like he's just overwhelmed. And I I love seeing um david play that because he can play that very very well and i love his like you know by the way nice streaks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's perfect. like he's like trying to be mad but an mm-hmm. eight like mean but he can't you know he just can't do it nice streaks because that's yeah. the best he's got because <laughs> he really doesn't have anything else. yeah and he's just got this long-winded outburst that is really going nowhere <laughs> but you understand and it's justified but he's yeah. just yeah He's just so upset. and So he's there to, he flew in to uh, be with Sydney because mm-hmm. he wants to help protect her. And he's limping. We find out later that he was stabbed in a nerve, which is why he's limping. And yep. nerve damage. Nerve damage. So he has a conversation with Sydney first. And, you know, she's telling him how, how great her life is. She's got the lead in her first production. And she's got a boyfriend and he tells her, you know, if somebody's copycatting, like trying to copycat the murders, then or somebody's trying to kill you, they're already in your life. And um, she's like, you don't think I don't know that? Like, she's very aware of it, but she's not going to let that stop her from, you know, living her life. So when Dewey goes and meets back up with Gail, he's really upset with her because she kind of bashed him in her book. And he starts quoting off a lot of the um like the dialogue from the book and she's like it's not real like it's a character made up in the book dewey but she's you can tell that there's still like chemistry between the two of them even though he he's so hurt and upset like he wants to be mad at her but you can tell that he still really does like her yeah and And she's delicate with him and i like that no matter how hard of an edge she has with dewey 
especially in the beginning, she's very delicate with him. She's very like, you know, okay. Like she's like listening to him almost like not really, you know, being condescending, but someone could read it that way. Cause she's just like, okay, Dewey. Yeah. Okay. But she's, she's just letting him get it out because she knows that's what he needs to get out. He just needs to get it out. He'll come into terms. He, you know, he always does because she probably knows him by now, whatever. But I just love how as hard as she is, he's got, she's just like, you know, letting him be, you know whoever whatever but well she also feels like she kind of deserves it because yeah she knows she, she really she really did like do him dirty in the book but this is what he says to her which i always loved how do you know that my dim-witted inexperience isn't merely a subtle form of a minute of manipulation use the lower people's expectations thereby enhancing my ability to effectively maneuver within any given situation <laughs> and she kind of like smiles at him because she's like Oh, he's so cute. Like, and David Arquette is so, is so cute. Like, he really is. And he was so young in this. It's so crazy. And um, she goes to, like, touch his face and he, like, backs away. She's like, all I can say is I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. And then he, they sort of just, like, break away from each other. Um, But yeah, that's when he, that's when he goes, nice streaks. <laughs> Which, <laughs> by the way, I think this is uh my favorite hairstyle of hers in the whole franchise. I she think does, so, too. I mean, and Scream 4, I think her hair looks really good, too. But it's just kind of like long. It's just long. But I always like the red streaks a lot. <laughs> it's very of the time, but it was right. It was perfect for that character. Because in part one, she just looked like your typical reporter who was trying to play nice, trying to look nice. But now she had the edge. She had to have that look. She she earned that look, so to speak. So she she went with it. But then there's the Scream 3 look, which we yeah. won't. <laughs> we won't talk about <laughs> we'll talk about that next year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that one is just yeah but yeah um oh so no you want to talk about uh sister lois and sister murphy right so yeah. there's a scene at the press conference the gal weathers press conference where all of the reporters are talking to gal um asking her questions and then the police chief comes out who was played by lewis arquette david arquette's father and gal's the one asking all the questions at the press conference <laughs> it's so funny like everybody's reporting to her and then she's like asking all the questions so um like sydney and all of her friends are like standing around but then we see lois and murphy come over and remind them uh that they're having a martini mixer that night so they're like a pair the two of them and rebecca gayhart was very well known at the time i feel like but Portia de rossi really wasn't no, not yet. I didn't really know her from anything. And I then I think she she got big on Ally McBeal when yep. she was hired on that show. But they play like kind of like airhead type characters, sorority sisters. Oh, very self-absorbed. Very, yeah. <laughs> you know, which I think probably saved them because they just were so oblivious to what was going on that they didn't even like, you weren't too cautious or whatever. So that's probably why the killer is like, we don't have to worry about them. <laughs> it is weird, though, that they didn't get killed because you would think that they would. But there's such a minor, yeah. annoying character. Yes. You're like, yes. kill the annoying. You're kind of waiting for it a little bit. Yeah. In other movies, they would have been played up as the ones you're 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 holding off until a certain moment. But when you get it, you you're excited for it or whatever. But yeah, but I'm kind of glad they didn't because they they were just peppered in. Like, I love the scene when. You know, they're just standing there and all that chaos. And they're just like, is everything okay? You yeah. know, it's just like, I mean, they 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 could have been the killers too. You know, they really did play them in a sense that they're always around, but 
which that's why I'd lo- I would love almost like an alternate movie of just them in their self-absorbed world <laughs> as the murders are going on. And you almost could see someone getting murdered in the background. And they're just like, you know, oh, can we go to the mall today? Oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. You know, like just their self-absorbedness is probably what really saved them from just being in the in their world you know they're so. in their own bubble and honestly i would i would watch that movie just to see all the stuff that happens around them that they're completely oblivious <laughs> to oblivious. i would watch that yeah totally and it was oblivious. funny when after cc dies which we'll talk about that next they announced to everybody at the party that somebody was killed at the omega beta zeta the cops are everywhere hurry and then they all run <laughs> right. all the and the one person's like oh is this another party i should have grabbed my drink <laughs> I think that was one of them. It was one of the sorority sisters, I think. I, I love, um, I think Portia gets, has the line, but it's whenever Sydney and Haley show up at the party, and or Haley, is it Haley? Sydney and Haley show up at the party, and um, Portia's like, hi. No, I really mean that. Hi. Which I still yeah. use to this day, because I just love how she delivers it, because she's so, oh, I love her so much. I was so confused when she said that. I was like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Do you exactly, not mean it normally? Like, yeah. <laughs> and we learn about what um harmonica style blowjobs are which i didn't really know what that meant <laughs> i was like trying to envision it and i was like oh okay <laughs> i guess it's sideways <laughs> i was like isn't that just a blowjob Right. I mean, so confused. Getting into it. <laughs> I don't need anybody listening to me talk about blowjobs. <laughs> All right. So now we are at Omega Beta Zeta with Cece, sober sister. She's in this big old sorority house by herself. Literally, nobody's there until like she finds out later that there is somebody there. She's on the phone with her friend, who, fun fact, is Selma Blair on the other line. Do you know Selma Blair's, Jamie? I know the name. Can't think of the face. She was in Cruel Intentions with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar in that movie. Okay. I think they won the best MTV music or video award, or not video, but movie award for a kiss. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got her face now. So they're talking. She's on her cordless phone, and then the line beeps through, and she thinks it's Ted, her boyfriend. So then she answers it, and it's Ghostface. And they're having like small talk and she's he's trying to like get all this information out of her. And she's like, why do you answer a question with a question? I think she he kind of like spooks her a little bit. So then she goes to hang up or no, she goes she goes to hang up. But the phone clicks in again and it's her friend. Um, it's Selma Blair again. And I was like, because at, at the in the beginning, she's like, call me back when you're off the phone. And she's not even on the phone that long until her friend calls her right back. <laughs> I was like, that was really fast. <laughs> She didn't even give her enough time to talk to Ted. <laughs> so she calls back and she's like, it was like some creep or whatever. And Cece's kind of like panicking a little bit. She's getting a little creeped out. And her friend's like, don't panic, Cece. Call campus security. So she goes out front of the sorority house and she calls, but she's not getting reception. And the further out she goes, it's more static. Remember when our phones just do that? Our cordless phones would do that. That was so annoying. Never um, went outside with the cordless, so no. <laughs> that was a big no-no in Jamie's house. <laughs> no cordless phones outside. No, I, just, I had no reason to go outside. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I really wasn't. All right, first of all, I really wasn't the teen that was on the phone all the time. Like, growing up, it just wasn't. I was outside. I was running around. Like, I had friends. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I just wasn't. And then in high school, um, I would come home, do homework, take a nap, eat dinner, and then go back to bed. Like, I really wasn't on the phones that much. I If I went out, I just walked to my friend's house, like, on the other side of the neighborhood. It wasn't, it was like a, you know, whatever. But I never sat there and was like on the phone all the time. I'm I'm more like that now, I guess, but not really. <laughs> weird. I don't think we talk on the phone at all. I feel like we've talked on the phone like twice. I'm a texter, you know, like yeah. I'm a I text, but yeah, I didn't even have like a text, like a phone that could do text messaging until after I graduated high school. So like, yeah, I didn't have texts until like. I don't like I was like 26. Well, that's because you're 10 <laughs> years older than me. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. But um, texting was coming out while I was in high school and I just never had the phone that could do it until afterwards. I feel like the furthest I could go outside of my my front of my house with my cordless phone was like so like we had front steps in front of our house and then we had this like walkway and then we had another set of steps like right out front like where the uh sidewalk was. I could probably get to like the middle of that walkway and then it would start to like get all uh, staticky. Then I'd have to go in. But I don't know. My older, older siblings would always just sit out front on the front thing, the front steps that we had. What is that called? Like a, a stoop? No, it was like all it was, my parents had this like thing done where it was like not a porch. I don't fucking know, but it had like a sunroom or whatever. No, no, no. It's not important. But like that's where. <laughs> We would have like chairs out there and we would just like Was it like screened in? No, it wasn't screened in. But it wasn't a porch. No, like they got the they got the um steps redone and it was all landing concrete and like a concrete landing at the top of the steps. Yeah, I guess. Because it was like off the ground and then like whatever. This is fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, so Cece goes back in and she starts, she hears a noise upstairs and she's like calling hello up, up the stairs and nobody's answering. And she's like, I'm, I'm getting out of here. And then she goes to leave and her sorority sister, Donnie appears. Donnie, AKA Dawson. <laughs> um, which I thought was funny because Kevin Williamson also named his character Donnie in Wasteland. His, ABC show Wasteland. I just love that he reuses all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Don't wake her up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother a sleeping chameleon. They always say that. <laughs> Don't wake a sleeping chameleon. <laughs> Don't wake a sleeping chameleon. I wish that I had more um, things to contribute when you guys were gushing about stuff that I've never even seen before. So I'm like, mm. no, we're just talking about the movie. I think you're fine. Oh, now. And plus, it's, it's the first now. time you saw the movie. I know you guys have so much history and then it's me. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I think I should have watched this movie twice. The first time to watch it and the second time to catch all the weird shit going on in the background. (laughs) (laughs) You can watch it again. But it's it is one of those movies that you can watch again and again and again. And it never gets old to me. It never does. Speaking of background, did you know that Matthew Lillard's in the pool party scene? Yeah, the the frat house. Yeah, just yeah, after Cece dies, just before everyone like comes in to like say, you know, just for the girls are like, you know, hey, there's a murder. I the... missed it. I mean, he's very brief. He's like yeah. got like super blonde hair, but I think he was dating Nev at the time, so he was. That's why oh, he was. was he? On the... Yeah, uh-huh. that's why he was on the set. So, um, so yeah, they were like, you know, yeah, just put him in there, and he's like, oh, this is kind of breaking the rules. <laughs> I'm <laughs> kind of dead in this show, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, yeah, you. 
if you know what to, to look for, like what he's wearing and the hairstyle he has, you mm-hmm. can see him like just kind of float by. Yeah, whatever, like but... really, really quick. But it's just Probably a cool little, little Somebody background. find me that clip stat. So, mind you, real quick, this movie is not easily streamable. Like, I can't stream it uh, in anything that I already pay for. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. You look it up and it's like, oh, Hulu with subscription. I have Hulu. Ooh, Amazon Prime with subscription. I have Amazon Prime. Everything else is like other stuff. No, it's with stars. So, yeah, you may have a Hulu subscription, but you need to also have stars to watch it. Same with Amazon. So, I ended up just buying a digital copy of it. Oh, good. I was like, rent or for like $3 more, I could just own the movie. I might as well just spend the extra $3. That way, if I like it, I can watch it again and again instead of only having access to it for 48 hours. If anything, you can watch the 30 seconds Joshua Jackson did over and over again. That's all I really need, right? Just (laughs) Joshua Jackson. You know. Well, I have it on DVD and... I have it on streaming. I have, the I have like the original DVD and then I have like the um, what's it called? The pack that came out with all three movies where it's like her face yep. and all that, like years ago. And I have it on Blu-ray. Um, well, aren't you just <laughs> I think I sell my VHSs too. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard when they were like they were trying to find a VHS player in the school later in the movie. Yes. And they're like <laughs> There has to be a VHS player somewhere in here. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I feel old. <laughs> and they have, they find one in that old school cart that we always get excited for whenever we see the teacher. Right? Yeah. They're like, oh, they're rolling in the TV like, and the oh, VHS shit. player. We're not doing work today. Teacher's hungover today. We don't have yep. nothing. <laughs> oh my god, that's probably why they brought that in. <laughs> I never thought of that. They probably all my teachers probably were drunk or <laughs> you know because like, they're yeah. like I'm not teaching today. Everybody, it's movie day. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna watch a, a especially whenever they would be film. nothing. There's there some times where you're like, okay, this is obviously part of the whole curriculum, but then there's times where just like we're gonna watch this movie just because <laughs> you guys have been really good this week yeah. or something, and you're like, yeah, okay, this was totally not planned. This isn't in the <laughs> curriculum. I know, right? Space Jam. I don't remember that being a part of our space history, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> watching a cartoon for science. I remember we watched um for for health class we watched a Breakfast Club and then we had to write like a whole like little thing about what did they learn and da, 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 I'm just like oh my god what are you you're you're drunk I used to love when we would watch the anorexia or bulimia movies for a health class <laughs> in high school like for the love of Nancy <laughs> I love you liked both. watching that stuff? because they're so cheesy I, I love watch some that of those movie. now and like I just love finding those I love finding those in like old commercials just because how cheesy they are but I know like those school films like those scare films are just so bad I'll go on YouTube and just look up like 80s and 90s TV commercials and oh, I'll just watch them for like an hour I have I a whole finished. folder in my like I, I mean it's like a huge amount of gigs in my like um hard drive of commercials <laughs> I've downloaded just because they're seriously time capsule for someone like me yeah. and probably yeah. like you, Stephen. That like and you, Jamie. That maybe I watched... sing them all the time. People are looking yeah. at me like what, and I'm like, oh, it's from a commercial from like 30 years there ago. There are commercials <laughs> I that will come on, and I will all of a sudden I have not heard them in 30 years, and boom, but I'll you go know right back to singing all the words, yes. man. Like I remember Absolutely. all the or words, or I'll start singing like the next jingle that came out like two months later or something. That I'm like, oh, I gotta find that one now, or you know, I'm just like, why do I remember this shit? But I can't remember what I did yesterday, or I can't yeah. remember, you know. 
I can't remember actual history, but I could I can tell you what year and what day and what some like, TV show came on. Right, right, right. That's same. That happened to me today. I was singing this theme song in my head, and I was like, "What is this from?" I could not think of it, and I looked it up, and it was the "Say by the Bell" the College Years theme song. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was. I don't know why I kept singing it. I was. Like, I do love that college, or song? I do love that theme song. I have to go back and rewatch it. I haven't watched it in forever. But back to Cece's death, real quick, because <laughs> it's the saddest death in the whole movie. Yeah. Well, um, Buffy just died. Right. She didn't it's die weird yet. to see Sarah Michelle Gellar like play the victim. Thank you. That's that's okay. I will make this brief, but that's one of my hardest things. Usually I can distinguish an actress from whatever they've done before, even if it's like a main character. Even like take Ned, for example. I love her in Party of Five. I love her in other things that she's done. I don't see her as her Party of Five character. Yet with someone like Sarah Michelle, who plays such a strong character, it's hard to see her in this and to an extent, I know what you did last summer, but this especially because it's so quick and so just yeah. helpless because she just runs. She's running upstairs, running up the stairs, especially, but you just running away and doing things, not and... really fighting. That was just like, how, how is Buffy? This, is, this isn't know. right because it looks I mean, like she just even, walked off the screen. Even the when um, she did Daphne in like mm-hmm. the Scooby-Doo movies, she still had some like fight. You know what I mean? She yeah. could defend herself and this girl's not any of those characters i, like I was watching the buffy bot like get her ass beat. yeah like the, <laughs> the like... buffy bot that can't defend herself because you know her right. head's all messed up so like i mean like yeah. I, I it was i mean especially because she looks so much like buffy maybe different if she looked like the character in her, right. um, uh cruel intentions or something but right she looked they, like they, she just came off that set just she, like joshua J. yeah exactly exactly she looked so, like she was in sunnydale like yep. <laughs> So, this I mean, that's why I was a little hard. At least, like, even like in I Know What You Did Last Summer, she has that hair. It's a little bit bigger, a little bit different. So, I can kind of differentiate, differentiate them. Look mm-hmm. at us. We're on the same page. See, see. Big words. <laughs> I, um, I always. Read books. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We read books. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that was excellent, sir. Excellent. <laughs> Well delivered. <laughs> Sorry, Stevens. <laughs> um, I agree with uh, agree with that, but I understand why they did that though, because she was so well known for Buffy. So to give her these parts where she is going to be a victim, and it's going to be like, um, like a pretty epic scene in the movie where Buffy literally dies. You know, um, people go there not expecting her to die, so when she does, it's like a shock. But I do think, again, her her death scene was kind of, like, boring to me. She, when he's chasing her up the stairs, um, it, he's so close to her. And it's I feel like it's so, like, it's choreographed so sloppy to me. I don't know. But the lead up to that is very creepy because she's, yeah. so she's like, her friend Donnie scares her, who's played by Marisol Nichols. And, again, like, a small role, but she's, like, a pretty famous actress. Mm-hmm. And um, the phone rings. And uh, Donnie gives her the phone thinking it's Ted again. And we hear her pick it up and it's Ghostface. And he says, he's like listening to their conversation. Meanwhile, he like slinked in the house because she left the door open when she was running in the house. And he says, don't forget to set the alarm. And then she goes and she sets the alarm, locking herself in. So she hears like a noise, 
she's creeping herself out. We hear the background music of uh, Nosferatu playing, which is hilarious because it's a vampire movie. And um, she's like creeping through this old house, looking behind doors. And then uh, the phone rings again. It's that like 80s phone where you can yeah, see yes. like the wires inside and everything. I, I and, always wanted one of those. I know. <laughs> and she answers it out of, from behind the door. Ghostface jumps out and starts chasing her up the stairs. And the only real thing that she got against him was that she threw a pot of plant at him. And mm-hmm. but he runs and chases her up the stairs and he runs into that table at the, in the front of the foyer, which we talked about in the previous screen where they're very like um, the way that they make them so like doofy when they're like chasing and he even does it when he tries to attack Sydney in the next scene. Anyway, he runs up the stairs. They're they're very close together and all the doors are locked. She runs up to the attic and he finally catches on to her and he throws her through those glass doors. We see him stab her in the back twice, which is so terrifying. And then he picks her up and just chucks her off the balcony, which was also very anticlimactic for me because after watching that trailer like 137 times when it came out, I was like, <laughs> slow-mo everything. Right. Um, you literally saw her being thrown off the balcony. But it is creepy to see like the final shot where he's looking over the, the balcony of the attic and he looks over and sees her just lying there dead with blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's sad, but like you don't expect her character to die because it is Buffy. But when she does, it's disappointing because you're like, it, well, she's, there's I, Buffy. <laughs> well, not only that, I also equate her character, her role in this, to the Drew Barrymore role, to the Casey yeah. Becker role, because yeah. unexpected. We already know what's going to happen to Jada Pickett-Smith, Jada in the beginning, because they were very uh, vocal about making another opening scene, you know? Well, I wish but, we could find that there was like that deleted scene where um, Cece's talking yeah. to, uh, what are their names? Sorry, sister Sister Lois uh, and Sister Murphy. Yes, Sister Lois and Sister <laughs> Murphy. Um, but we don't. We've never seen that scene. I guess there's like rumors that before the whole name thing, her name wasn't Cece, it was Cassandra. And oh. that like, I guess like Mickey only killed her because she went against him in the original idea. But now they were going up with the Cece thing, blah, blah, blah. But um, but yeah, you I wish we could. weird though, Justin? Her. I saw it on Twitter or something. Somebody posted it where they show her. She's mm-hmm. in the background with that whole group of girls that walk towards Sydney. And yeah. then... Uh, they edited her out of it for because whatever. like there's like it's just before like the girls um go over and talk to Sydney and co- try to convince her to come to the party. Mm-hmm. I guess like she because like, I think Sarah Michelle or Cece says something like you know oh I'd love for her to be a um, mega Delta or mega mega Zelta or whatever Zeta, and that's when they're like hmm we'll go over there and talk to her and blah blah. So oh, okay, um, but yeah, I would love to see more of her in that that we have but yeah i always i always wish that she was in the movie movie longer but um according to um her schedule she was filming buffy and this at the same time and And i know nev campbell was filming party of five and this at the same time and courtney cox was filming this and friends at the same time so Mm -hmm. they were all working i know sarah michelle just got done with i know what you did i think they said so um so yeah it was just like boom 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 so I mean, it's understandable but i do and, love there's a what, sorry and and i know that they started production on dawson's creek when this was filming that's why joshua jackson was thrown into the movie mm-hmm. i think they needed to fill that spot and i think kevin williamson just put him in the movie yeah that's probably not 100 percent accurate but i remember reading something about it he was probably just like josh 
<laughs> you busy? Right. <laughs> I mean, I know there. you're not busy because I know when your scenes are being cut. So hey, we need we need to fill a WB quota. <laughs> we need yeah. one more. I WB need you scene. for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> this is Literally all you got to do: sit in this chair, say five <laughs> lines, and that's it. And wear a very 90s sweater. Yes. <laughs> That's what you yeah. Need. And khakis. That was like my fucking uniform in high school. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved, I loved like for with Sarah Michelle's scene, there was a lot of very 90s dialogue, like her, like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, my bad, you yeah. know, and just things like that, that I was like, oh, God, that is how we talked. And my, I'm know. sorry, my bad. So she talks. <laughs> I thought you were someone else. You were Teddy. <laughs> but um but yeah, like and the other thing that always bugged me about her death is she falls face down but lands face up. Back up. Oh, is she yeah. part cat? <laughs> right. Because I mean like especially because like she's falling, we see that and she's almost probably to the ground by the time we see, you know, her, her flip past the camera. And I'm just like when the hell did she flip? But I mean like that's a small maybe, little detail, but maybe she was uh, I noticed that though. I did notice that. Maybe she was partially alive and then she just turned over like, oh. to look up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> put her hand on her forehead. And just... <laughs> um, a side note, Justin, did you see Terrifier 2 yet? No, not yet. Okay. I haven't Let yet. me know when you see it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm curious. Um, so then we get the sorority sisters are like, there's cops everywhere. Let's go over and see who died. And uh, Gal shows up to the scene, right? But Debbie Salt's already there. So Debbie Salt's already been like lurking. Always one stalking. step ahead of her. She's always <laughs> one step ahead. I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> it made, rewatching it, though, I had to laugh at her because she's so like, I got to go. I've got a deadline. Right. She's <laughs> like, like a cat with, a, with her tail perked up. Like, hmm, what's going on over here? I and she's go. always just like digging a gal. But <laughs> yes, the gal just gives it back to her. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. They're, they're great together. They're wonderful together. I don't know if you noticed there was like a there's a um when they're all running out of the the house whenever all the commotion there's this guy like the overly acting drunk like he's running out and he's all yeah oh like yeah didn't he have like a bowl or something he had yes, something in his bowl head. or yeah. like something yeah and he's all you just see it like in the corner but he's very <laughs> oh I'll go over here I saw it <laughs> I noticed oh it last God. night <laughs> and then someone's like running out with a dog there's a little dog like a little tiny dog running on his leash which I guess was um Cotton Weary's dog in real life and oh was it Wes Craven like there's a little scene behind the scenes he's like Wes can you know Buster be in the movie and he's like well can he hit a mark he's like yeah he'll be good and you can see him like behind the scenes like cheering on the dog like yeah you did it yeah yeah oh, that's I'm a big funny. dog person so I always like notice that but but yeah <laughs> I never knew that I did like that they brought Leo Shiver back for this though as Cotton Weary just to sort of like redeem his character but once again you don't know if he is one of the killers or not because they have he's like like he's very tense you know mm-hmm. the way he he does the the role but he plays it very well like he you yeah can tell he's very like just about to go off either way you yes. don't know which way you know he's very excitable but he's also like it's bad too but but he's also funny like the the when he breaks that tension, he's very, very funny with... Especially sometimes he has, like, a stutter or, like, you know, which I, I've never noticed on the actor himself, but he has, like, a certain way of, like, when he gets nervous or gets very jumbled, he's kind of like, you know, Sydney, I... I, I, did, I did this one. And it's just, like, he's very, like, you know, and I, I love the way he plays that character. And, 
you know, again, reading like the original script, he was supposed to be part of like the killers and he was one of like kind of like the in cahoots with Debbie and all them. And I'm glad they didn't go that way because he even like with like the whole thing with Gail and the whole Diane Sawyer thing, he's just he just wants his name out there. He wants a story out there. And Sydney kind of owes it to him a little bit to yeah. at least, you know, like put her say in there. And that's why I love whenever they that's that's what helps him. Or helps her seal the deal. It's like, don't consider it done. I never know? understood that scene I in the library. I hated that scene, by the way. Which one? Not the library scene, but the scene at the end where she's like, consider it done. And then he's like, okay, let me, you know, shoot the bad guy. Because <laughs> like, yeah, you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to go. <laughs> what kind of moral dilemma is that? <laughs> You're not going to do my Do, dance, do I shoot the person who put me in prison for a year or do I shoot the actual murderer? Because he just because he's because he's like, you're gonna give me what I want because now I'm in the position of power here, Sydney. Like so you he owe was me this. I went there to get her to do it, but he was actually gonna do it to begin with. Like I'm, yeah, I think like, you're he, messing with people's lives, dude. Because yeah. he's well, at one point sh- like pointing the gun at Debbie, and then he kind of like Debbie says something, and he's like, oh yeah, Sid, all right, it's you know what about you? You got to say, yeah. You know? like, uh, I don't know. I just. That guy would not be my friend. <laughs> well, no, she, I mean, I never understood in the library scene why she just wouldn't just let him have the interview, like do the interview with him. You know what I mean? Like she, she would make the money and he would clear his name and that'd be that. And she would just like, fine, whatever else. you want, whatever. You yeah, know. I would do it. I'd be like, all right, Cotton, like, I'm sorry that this happened. I put you in jail, but like. <laughs> I thought you murdered my mom, but let's go on Diane Sawyer, make some money and clear your name of all this. And I won't have to talk to you ever again in my life. Right. But she's so like, I and in the end, he's like, you know, I, I, know. I, I never hurt you. Right. I could never hurt you, Sydney. Because he's like right her. in her face and like grabbing her, yeah, and, and he like touches her ch- her chin. And her, I love like, like that part because like you can see. I wonder like, if her he face. likes like. Do you think he likes her? Likes her? You know, or is he just that no. awkward? I, I think, think he's he, awkward. Yeah. And I think he I think he feels like she owes him. So he's sort of like mad at her. Like he's very mad at her, you know? Oh, I'm sure. I mean he wasted an entire year in prison, but Yeah. I don't know what I would do if I was in that position. I I don't know how he's allowed to be around her, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when Gail just ambushes Sydney with him and Sydney has no, and he has no idea. He's like, Gal, Gal, you said I was going to get my 10 minutes. Right. She's just like, shut up. I'm dealing with this over here. Yeah, You'll get your 10 it. minutes when I get my goddamn interview. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gal. <laughs> I do too. Um, will we, will we get uh, the next scene with Sydney finally coming face to face with Ghostface for the first time at the martini mixer? Everybody left <clears> to go see Cece's dead body laying on her back. And um, her and Derek are ready to leave and she's just about to go and he's he tells her to go get her coat so they can leave. So she walks back in, she puts her in her, her blue suede coat and she goes to leave and the phone rings and she turns around and answers the phone. I'd be like, I'm not answering the phone. I'm just going to leave. I don't want to answer the phone. I know what this means. So she goes and answers the phone and he says something like, um, remember me? It's showtime or something like that. 
Do you remember or, in the no, preview? Say, Girlfriend. That was in the preview. Remember, that was in the preview. They don't do it in the movie, but that was always in like the preview for MTV, especially be like, it's showtime, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh God, stop it. <laughs> but no, it doesn't do it in the movie, thank God. But I, I, I do love that nostalgia of watching the trailer over and over. Yes. And they would have like a second one come out, and I'd be like, did they add something new in this one? Right. Oh, right. oh God, yeah. But he chases her. There's a chase that happens and Derek's trying to get in, but the door is locked and he stabs through the door. He goes to stab Sydney, but the knife goes through the door and almost stabs Derek. Um, He gets in through the back and then they like meet up. Uh, Sydney and Derek meet up in the back. Derek runs back in the house and Dewey shows up. So then um, Dewey goes back in and he goes through this like little room. I don't know what I guess it's like an extra exit i don't even know and we see derek there his arms all sliced up so now we're like sydney's even looking at him like like what is going on like he's is he a part of this is this really happening again all this type of stuff and yeah it's sort of like okay so now he is trying to like now now this is really happening you know what i mean they are really coming for her so again he fumbles through like the chase scene with her he like flips over a couch at one point it's never like a straightforward run. <laughs> He's always like falling over shit. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was an effective scene. Anyone else got anything? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah. it. You know, I, I did enjoy that scene though. But yeah, I boyfriend was just so brave. He's like, I'm just gonna go in. Yeah. Not like, let me get you out of here. Let's call the police. He's like, I got this, babe. Well, I think that says a lot about how much he loves her. It does, which is why I was really upset when he gets shot. Especially knowing that yeah. he's not. Like, you know, when you don't know, you kind of like, you know, oh, he's is he brave or is he just playing, playing along? Playing a part. Or, you know, right? Like with Randy even saying, you know, he conveniently misses all the arteries and, you know, just one of right. those like self or um, uh, flesh wounds or whatever. But um, but yeah, so. I mean, I thought it was pretty sexy. I remember one time our car was. I mean, he, getting he was robbed. pretty sexy though. So I'm. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> he he is when he's shirtless, hanging on that cross. Um, he was sexy even with the clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> and I never thought Jerry O'Connell was cute. I think David Arquette's a lot cuter than Jerry O'Connell, in oh, in my opinion. Um, but I remember this one time our car was getting our car was broken into, right? And we just got out of that dumb End Night Shyamalan movie. Um, the one about the, like, the weather. The one where, like, people get, are crazy over, like... Oh, yeah. The plants? It was the plants. Yeah, the plant. happening? The happening, yeah. Yes. Oh. Why do I know this? It's terrible. <laughs> Look, I know walking... something you did. I, I couldn't think of it. We're walking, <laughs> we're walking to my car and there's somebody in the front seat of my car. And I was like, is that my car? And even Justin was like, what is happening? So what we, what is happening? <laughs> so, um, the guy like tries to run out. He was, he broke our, he broke in the car and he like destroyed my like lock and tumbler and everything. And Justin chased after him and, um, he got him and everything. And I'm just saying, you know, that type of thing really is sexy when you know it's very manly <laughs> when a man can take care of shit hell yeah <laughs> i mean i wasn't chasing after <laughs> i was like making sure my car was okay like all right well you got what you came for maybe i don't know bye copy i remember the he's i feel like you have to though in this day and age you got to be careful with that yeah. because you don't know what these people you don't know these people like they could be carrying something really dangerous and you don't know and next thing you know you're bleeding on the ground so i just 
Like, well, this was you a, know, this I don't guy know. was just a junkie and he was, and he broke in our car for whatever reason. But um, I remember when he got him too, there was a cop that was across the street and he said, do you want to like hit him? <laughs> and he was like, no, <laughs> he was like, just take <laughs> him in. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know, not to, not to talk about being protected, but I, but I feel very protected with Justin. He's very like, you know, I feel very safe. If somebody was attacking me, um or trying to attack me in a house like and scream i'm sure he would like go after i mean he just would i don't know um anyway so all right oh wait one other thing i wanted to say um in the hospital scene there's a cameo by wes craven he plays a doctor and we get mickey now getting inside of sydney's head he's telling her like you know they're all there for her whatever and then he goes well why would she why would he go back in that house sid and she sort of like thinks about it and, you know, we start to see Sydney now second guessing her group of friends now. Yeah. Um, Rule or step one, alienate your target. <laughs> alienate your target. Alienate your target. I mean, that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's trying to alienate her from her friends so she'd be alone. Yeah. Did you think Timothy Oliphant was cute in this? Mm. Is that the bad guy? No. <laughs> I thought he was cute. I've, what else is he in? He looks so familiar. He's in a lot of things now. I think he's a lot cuter now because he's older. Oh yeah, he's definitely glowed up. He's he's glowed up. He's glowed up. up. <laughs> he's had a glow up. Hair. He's got gray in his hair now. It's pretty sexy. Um, he was in that show with Drew Barrymore, Santa Clarita Diet. Oh. He was good in that. Uh... Then they canceled it. Um, but yeah, he's been in a lot of things. But I think I said this in the beginning. I had no idea who he was, so he was not on my radar to think that he was even one of the killers because. Um, I don't know why I thought that. I just didn't think he was like that interesting, but he does get interesting in the final act, I think. Um, we get a quick scene of Derek trying to uh he he's it's the singing scene in the cafeteria where Uh, he sings I think I love you, which was so unnecessary, but it's a cute scene. And this is when he gives Sydney his Greek letters and um Mickey's like, that's like a big faux pas, right? And Haley's like, yeah, you're not, they're not supposed to give their letters to their girlfriend, no way, shape, or form, but it's tradition. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, but it's tradition. Oh, no, they said they're going to beat his ass or whatever. Um, now we get the role scene with Dewey and Randy sitting in like the, the cafe or whatever at the school. I'm assuming it's the cafe at the school. And they see the scene with Tori Spelling and Luke Wilson playing Billy. And he's like, your mom died. I think you need to get over it and just forget about it. <laughs> and he's like, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> so stupid. And then after they come back from the scene, Nancy O'Dell from Access Hollywood goes, ooh, I love scary movies. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> a scary part. <laughs> I always thought that was so stupid. I was like, it wasn't even scary. Um, but yeah, this is when he, uh, they're trying to, or Randy's trying to explain the rules of a sequel because he gave the rules of a scary movie in the first one. So uh, the first rule is that the body count is always bigger. And then he says, number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. He says, more blood, more gore. Um, your core audience is just expecting it. And he goes, carnage candy. <laughs> and then he says, if you want to make your film a franchise, never ever. And then Dewey cuts him off. So we never get that third rule. 
but they get into but the we suspects. Will never ever know. Well, we will. <laughs> we find out in the third one. Oh, you'll, well. you'll have to find out next year when you watch it. Yes, so. <laughs> next Christmas, coming to a podcast near you. <laughs> Jamie's experience with Scream Three. Oh my God! I wonder if they did that on purpose. Now that I think, probably. Or a lot of people complained that there was a, a rule three that never got brought up. So they're like, let's let's squeeze it in here. To be honest with you, I never even realized he didn't say the third rule. Yeah, I thought yeah. that they just started getting into the suspects. But yeah. when I was writing down stuff last night, I was like, he never said it. <laughs> what was the what was the third rule? Um, so Dewey cuts them off and they start going over the suspects and they're sort of like saying like the boyfriend, Mickey, the freaky Tarantino film student, Hallie, the best friend, all this. And then um, Randy's like, they sort of say like, well, if I'm a suspect, you're a suspect. And they think Gail might be a, a suspect, that type of thing. And you know what else I never caught on to when um, uh, Randy says, I'm the unrequited love slave of Sidney Prescott. And he shows his like scar or whatever. Like, I don't know why I never thought to put closed captioning on until last night, but I never knew what he said when he said, when he pulls his shirt away. I always thought he said, um, pen pain, but he says, and pain. Am I like just stupid? <laughs> because I, never... I, I saw, like, I don't, I don't even know, dude. Like he, <laughs> I was just like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> well, that's because he got shot. He got shot. Yeah. In the first one. So that's where his scar was. But I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, they rushed through those. It's not, I don't think it was like as effective as the first one was with the rules, but I mean, I do think that they were like living up to it, you know, with hmm. uh the body counts bigger, there's more blood, blah blah blah. Now we get um there's like a quick scene with Sydney freaking out because she's like she she wants to drop out of her play and her um his name's gus her her theater teacher or whatever he's telling her like you're not a victim like you're strong or whatever so she does this like quick scene i always thought this scene was crazy but after watching it last night i don't know i was like is she really seeing him or is it just in her head because we see Ghostface just sort of like run off after she realizes that he might not be there. So I really did think like, is it in her head or was he really there chasing her? That was a really hard one because yeah. because as far as we know, he wasn't there. You know what I mean? So unless he paid somebody to be like, hey, listen, I need you to freak this person out, like right. wear this mask and then and then switch but i don't know i'm wondering if it was just kind of in her head she i mean she's allowed to have those things though she had so much shit going on well i thought i thought it was in her head then i think it's in her head i i because like especially because some of those masks or those faces had that drawn out you know look so they did a good job of finding the look or at least like fine i know it's like established but i think it was more in her head i don't especially in the end whenever she has that like realization when she comes to and she thinks she sees it she falls down and looks up and like it's trickery a little bit of like you know camera trickery but it was hard to yeah a little bit i think it's all up into interpretation if you want to play along that you know the killer especially like with all like the you know Derek coming up at the you know afterwards and all that you know everybody kind of coming around or whatever so yeah that's a good point because i thought that too when Derek comes when it's supposed to be mickey supposed to pick her up Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So right there, you think, well, if Mickey was already there, or if if uh, Mickey was supposed to pick her up, but Derek was there 
to pick her up. It could have been Derek doing that, but yeah, I agree. I think it's all up for interpretation. Which I wonder if maybe that was like a carryover from the original script. Cause I know a lot maybe. of that stuff didn't, didn't like change. So maybe certain elements that would have made sense, like why maybe someone was looking a certain way, like him, especially um, Hallie, like how they would like look a certain way or, Right. Like there was like a shot. There was a scene. I think it's like whenever uh, Sydney and Randy finally come together and they're talking and Randy does that weird accent. When um, Derek comes up like, behind them, he like crawls up the the porch or whatever in a very like um, ghost face like way because he's very like stealth with it. And, you know, so I mean, I don't know if that was like intentional, but like just little things like that. I wonder if those were shot with that frame of mind or that that thought um because that would make sense why he was there um and maybe they just wrote around that you know mickey was supposed to pick me up and i i I don't know but i like that though i like that we can interpret the movie anyway now because you know because we're so into it and little things like that you pick up like i never thought of him climbing over the porch like that would be um like an insinuation that he might be the killer. But now that you say it, it kind of is because he's like lurking. You know, I never noticed it either until obviously I'm like, I never really picked a horror movie apart like this, which was kind of fun to do once I got into it and started (laughs) looking at those things. And because I'm usually the type that doesn't pick out the killers right away in any of these kinds of movies. I'm, I do. It's just like my my (laughs) subconscious is like uh, protecting me so I can just enjoy the movie or whatever. But like when I watched that earlier, it was just like, Oh, that was a very, interesting way of how he crawls over and you know then like here it's just like you know was this a carryover of that original plan that him and Haley or Hallie I keep saying her fucking name wrong um we're supposed to <laughs> supposed to be the killers so yeah so yeah. I got maybe half hour into this movie maybe an hour and I cheated I looked it up to see who the killer was what and- <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to know <laughs> Why would you do that? Oh, I wanted to know. I couldn't take it anymore. I had a feeling that it was going to be what is his name? Uh, Mickey. Mickey. I had a feeling Tarantino films too. Yeah, yeah, that guy. So I had a feeling it was going to be Mickey, but like, there's always a twist. So I like I wanted to know, and I didn't know about the reporter person. Um. What a Mrs. Mrs. Whatever. Mrs. Mr. Debbie Salt. Yeah, the fake Debbie Salt. And then at least she at least they didn't name her Veruca. (laughs) Um, and then I saw Haley's list in there, but you know, Haley just ended up dying, and I'm like, oh well, I guess it's not her. (laughs) Well, see, you you fell into the rumors, the internet rumors, like we all did. Well, I was I was two thirds right. (laughs) You're right. Well, let's talk about Randy's death scene. So Randy's like this beloved character of this series, right? And I don't know so much now. I feel like a lot of like the horror fandom just doesn't get him. But I get him because I grew up in that time. I don't think he's that terrible of a character. But they're like sitting. So the, so it's Dewey, Randy, Gal, and Joel. And they're sitting around in like the um, like the quad. And they're trying to figure out who the killer might be. and. Gal keeps picking up her phone and she's yelling at somebody named Bob, who I'm assuming they're saying Bob Weinstein because he like produced the phone. And 
it's funny randy and dewey are having like side conversations about gal while she's sitting there (laughs) and she's like smoking now and dewey's like when did she start smoking and randy's like when they found naked pictures of her on the internet and she's like it was just my head on jennifer addison's body (laughs) joel goes off who is played by Dwayne martin by the way he's hilarious he was great He had some good one-liners, some senior. Like, I love, like, there was, like, one that he was like, I signed up to be a cameraman for a reporter, not for Faces of Death 14. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, God, I remember those movies. Those were, like, so terrifying to me as a kid. I never run them, but I, I always would see Faces of Death on, like, the shelf. And I'd be like, oh, those are supposed to be real movies. Ew, I know. Those are scary. Now I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's what they were supposed to be, or that's what it was. I remember watching one of them for the first time with my brother, John, my older brother. And um, I remember he ordered like Domino's pizza. <laughs> we were it was like late at night and we were we were eating Domino's pizza and then he put it on and there was I thought it was real. But now thinking back and like reading about it, it's not it's not real. It's all like yeah. fake. But we, I was like, why are you making me watch this? Because <laughs> he was like, because right. I think you'd like it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like. That person just died. Even as a kid, we, I mean, granted, like I said, now we look back at it and we're like, oh, that's not real. But like, we thought it was real. We, we yeah. were, you know, believe in reading Fangora magazine. Yeah. So, you know, like, but there was a difference. We were like, oh, yeah, we can watch Freddy Krueger and Jason do it. But when you're watching, making you watch someone for real get killed, it's like, it's a difference. But yeah, something came out recently about the Faces of Death movies about how they're just, yeah, it yeah. was all just movie stuff. Um, But Joel goes off. To go get, um, he's like joking around. I'm gonna, he's like, I'm gonna go get like, uh, Crystal Meth X Malcolm or not Malcolm or something like that. I don't remember. It just made me laugh when he said X because we just did the um Great Expectations episode uh, of yes. Dawson's Creek with Andy, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I love because like I think that's when he's like, you know, I'll be back when you guys talk about something a little bit more Saved by the Bellish. Yes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> exactly. Like, like, here we go. <laughs> I'm on brand. Found <laughs> <laughs> my reason for being here. There we go, you guys. That's why I'm yeah. here. <laughs> um. So then the phone rings and Randy picks up the phone. He's like, "Gal's not here." And that's when it starts with Ghostface is talking to Randy, and he's like, "It's the killer." And he genuinely looks like scared. And Gal and Dewey get up to go walk around the quad to see who's on a cell on a cell phone. Oh, can we back up? Because there was a cute little scene between Dewey and Gail in that moment where, you know, just before the killer calls. And I love because like um, they're bickering back and forth and she's like calls him a bonehead. And he's like, yeah, you you phone head. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like because her phone keeps going off. But I'm just like, again, that's back to just Dewey coming up with whatever he can in the moment. And it's like, you know, it's so sweet. It's so cute. Yeah, that was funny. That is a funny line. I never, I don't think I ever really noticed that the phone. Me either. I never did either. I had the captioning on last night and I said, he said bonehead to her. I was thought he called her bonehead. Yeah. I thought he just kind of like didn't know what to say. So he said it back to her. Yeah. But um, I I think I watched it for the first time with captioning. So I was watching the commentary and then had the captioning on just so I could make sure I caught certain lines or whatever is if I don't know the movie so damn well. I know. But, um, it's but yeah, so, so anyway. weird. Like I know, I know it too. Like I could recite it, and then talking about it, it's so hard because I'm like, I want to get everything right, <laughs> right. Um, anyway, sorry. But uh, Randy goes off to talk to the killer, to sort of like he could find him himself. And Dewey and Gal are like, <laughs> like 
knocking over every single person or like <laughs> assaulting every single person with assault. Like, literally, Dewey is like diving on this poor like kid. And he's like, and then you hear in the background, I don't know, mom, some guy just dived on, <laughs> you know, jumped on me. I'm all right. <laughs> I love it when she picks up the phone from some girl and they're like, Who's this? And she goes, Gal Weathers, author of the Woodsboro Murders. <laughs> <laughs> I <thought that> too. <laughs> so Randy's like talking to the killer and he's slowly walking towards the um towards the news van. And he's saying all this stuff like, You think you're Billy Loomis, like Billy Loomis was a homo repressed wet rag and all this stuff. And he's like getting to this point where he's like like Randy's on a roll with like the insults, right? And then all of a sudden the door opens and he gets pulled into the van. And there's like a fight and the glass breaks on the door and um, we see the knife stab Randy like so many times. And then Ghostface gets out and he leaves the mask and then there's like a pool of blood coming out of the van. And then Gal and Dewey are like, where's Randy? And they can't find him. And Joel says, what's what happened to my van? But we're always but we're like, well, where'd Joel go? He comes back with Dunkin Donuts. But we're like, well, where'd he go? <laughs> and. Um, they open up the door and Randy's there dead. And Gal lets out this like blood curdling scream that was always in the in the commercials. Yeah. And uh, fan favorite Randy's dead. And everybody probably thought that he was not dead, but he was dead. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, they made sure he was kind of like with Dewey and the maker like, things. You know, they was like, you're dead. You're done. We're yeah. done. We're going to do you good. But I always remember like during just before like he gets pulled in. Um. I forget what Ghostface says to him, but it's just after his whole like rant when he's going, you're just a Billy Loomis, blah, blah. But I forget what he says, but I love when Randy's like, fuck you. And I yeah. always got to laugh in the theater. Like we all were, la- we all laughed at that. And it's just like, kind of almost like breaking the tension a little bit. But, and of yeah. course, like the showgirls, um, that, that was always in the trailer, you know, okay, what's your favorite scary movie? Showgirls absolutely uh, terrifying yeah. yeah he says something like you'll never you'll never be the lead and then yeah, that's gets like, insulted. <laughs> um the next scene that i really really liked was when so gal uh gal and dewey go to look at the tapes of the footage that joel picked right that joel was taping and they go into this to the college and they find like the VHS or the VCR to watch everything. And then they start making out and all of a sudden footage comes up. That's not there. So we see like CC being filmed and footage from the press conference and all and from uh, the opening from the movie theater. And she's like, that's not my footage. And Ghostface like appears from the top of the um whatever, whatever it is like that. The like uh bird box no what do they call it it's like um i guess projection room works yeah i guess yeah so dewey goes after him and gal stays at the bottom and somehow he falls down the steps or something (laughs) and he's like no and you know (laughs) yes and then he appears at the bottom and scares gal then gal runs and she gets trapped into this like sound booth room which this is probably like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie mine too and before we go to that this now that you mentioned like the whole um videos and showing like you know the footage that wasn't gales it's another callback to what i read in the um the original script because that was part of um hallie and uh uh derek's 
um, plan was to have like this original footage to go along with. They're like, you know, whoever gets killed is going to be the um, going to get more publicity and blah, blah, blah. And we have the footage. We have exclusive footage or something like that. So that's part of, again, maybe a throwback or carryover from that idea that just went along with the story again like that idea kind of comes and goes along with like the name ideas and all that but i i didn't really put this together until you said that i was like oh there's some connections there of well did you notice that mickey's always is always carrying around a camcorder Mm -hmm. yeah so i always thought that too like he's so every time he's filming something, it's I just assumed that was his footage that he was filming. It's probably it's probably it. That's probably what we're supposed to assume, you know. But but you don't pick that up. It. It's no. so weird. Like you don't pick that up right away. And they make a point of it in the that final script or that original scripts that that was their plan was to have this. You know, Gail had the, her footage or something like that, and then they were like, you know, oh now we have exclusive or whatever. So anyway, didn't mean to take you off that trail, but I haven't read that leak script in so long i really need to reread it again i hadn't either and it was it was interesting to read just because a lot of it is the same but or it'd be fun to read because like, i think like the um like you would see like in cc's death you would have some descriptive and he'd be like you know, you know ghost face grabs or they'd be like you know no Wes craven just does something really scary yeah. <laughs> it was just like he would not put anything he would just leave it up to Wes or maybe to, like to protect some of the integrity of the film but it was just like he would just Wes Craven does something really scary I do remember reading that like, <laughs> they, he just depend. They, they were such a good team together they really were and I, I think that's why Wes gets so much credit even though you know Kevin is the one that actually wrote it yeah you know, Wes Wes does put his stamp on it so he does get have deserved to to get all the credit that he gets yeah Anyway, back yeah. to the soundproof room because I love this this scene. So Gal gets away and she ends up in this room. There's like no locks on any doors, and she thinks she's safe. And she goes to walk, and there's just a two way glass. She you can see into the other room, and as she goes to walk past, the ghost faces on the other side, and she goes to hide and she's hiding behind this like wall and all of a sudden Ghostface opens up the door and comes in and it's sort of like a cat and mouse type thing everywhere she moves he's on like the opposite side until she finally like escapes and gets out but there's no lock on that door either so she's in like another area and she is she's trying to find like another way out and she's like looking around and then we see Dewey come into the other room where Ghostface just was at and we're like, oh, shit, like Dewey's going to get killed because <laughs> we're like, they just killed Randy. Like, and there's nobody that, like that's off limits, you know? Um, So he's this is this is around the time that I started Jack like messaging yeah. you. And I'm like, Dewey, not Dewey. I know I didn't want to tell her I was like she has to finish watching this if if I knew that you cheated and you went through (laughs) and looked I didn't know who was gonna live or die all I wanted to know was who the murderer was so I don't know anything else you know what I mean I just was prepared to who you know who's gonna be under the mask when it finally came off I didn't know who lived who died you know what I mean I didn't spoil it You did though. You figured it out. All I I spoiled was I know it's you, you fucker. Like that's all I spoiled. I don't know who lives, who dies. Like I was completely in the dark about everything. I don't know where the plot was gonna go. I just knew this. Well, when we watch when we watch (laughs) Scream Three, do not spoil it for yourself. 
Yes, I love sir. Scream Three. I'm one of the champions. Of, one of the rare champions of Scream Three. Scream Three is a good movie. After all the these years, of... it's a good movie. Yeah. I mean the the the, the reasonings and everything behind it's hearsay. Whatever. I don't care. It's 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 a fun ride. As long as I just have for fun Parker with it. Posey alone. It's oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Dewey's in the, in this other room and Gal's in the opposite room and he sees her and he's trying to like call out her name, but it's, it's soundproof. You can't hear anything. And Ghostface comes up behind him and stabs him. And, um, we see him grab the uh, microphone and, um, he calls out Gal's name and she turns around, she sees him and then Ghostface stabs him again. And his face is up against the glass and he spits out blood. And you're like, oh my God, she's watching him die. It's so she sad. falls like with him, you know. Yeah. Street. And it's so sad. And I love that they don't, you don't hear her scream. Like they really play up that soundproof. Even whenever yeah. it's like from her angle, they still just keep it very um, vocally quiet. You hear the music yeah. is loud and swelling, but um, it, it adds that dramaticness, I think, to it. Yeah. And the, the instrumental that they use for it is really perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, which was Marco Beltrami. Yes. Um, so she's watching him get killed right in front of her eyes, and Ghostface sees her, and he goes to get into the other room to go get her now. And because there's no lock on the door, she pushes a shelf in front of it and blocks him from coming in. So he can't get in, but he starts um he starts like pounding against the the glass with like everything. Throwing everything in she's so she's literally just trapped Sound proof. <laughs> and she and she just like kind of crawls into like the corner just watching him and then she looks down and looks up and he's gone so we're like is she, how long is she gonna stay in there so we don't know but she eventually gets out <laughs> she eventually gets out she runs into cotton weary who has blood all over his hands and she freaks the fuck out because she thinks maybe he's the killer and he's like, yeah, it's not me. He, I think he, I don't know if he even says like he saw Dewey or he, he ran into Dewey. He says he, he ran, he ran into, Dewey. into Dewey and was trying to help him. And she's like, get away from me. And she runs <laughs> out and Debbie salts on a payphone because <laughs> she happens to be there. I got and- your fucking story or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, Cotton Weary's the killer or whatever. And Debbie's like, Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Cotton Weary. I love her. <laughs> I do too. She's so funny. So then Sydney and Haley are being taken away by for protection to a safe location. And um, I didn't mention it before, but there's two cops that are just like uh, following her around for her protection. And they get into this police car and Derek's there waiting for her and he tells her like he'll he'll be here when she comes back or whatever and she kisses him and we're still like all right well he's a good guy you know like I'm thinking like he's a good guy because like at this point she's sort of been like I gotta get away from you I still love you I gotta get away from you I still love you I need distance but I love you so he's just telling her basically I'll always be here for you and they get in the police car and they drive off they don't know where they're going and they stop in the middle of the road there's like no traffic anywhere there's like nobody on the road and out of nowhere ghostface just shows up (laughs) and he like stabs the one cop in the neck and um pulls out of the car weren't they they like put on like security fbi detail or some shit Mm -hmm. they were shitty detectives i'm just saying (laughs) They were shitty. They couldn't even protect her. 
they couldn't even, what kind of person puts these two people on protection detail from a murderer that can't even defend themselves? Um, the chief of police of Windsor College? I don't know. Well, shame. <laughs> so yeah, Ghostface kills the one guy, dri- the one cop driving and throws him out of the car. And the other cop gets out and he's, he ends up on the hood of the car and Ghostface is driving and he ends up driving into like a do not enter area where there's like construction and um he crashes into like a pipe or something and it goes right through the other cop's head and his face just gets totally smushed into the side of the windshield it's so disgusting i had never noticed that until like i watched it i don't know however many years ago that that scene is really gory with how his face just gets like mangled and the pole like through his head so there so this this scene is also very like tension filled so ghostface is knocked out and Haley and sydney are in the back of the cop car they can't get out sydney's like because it's a cop car you're not supposed to get out they have the cage in front of them and um sydney's like Haley, help me pull this down so they pull down the cage and sydney climbs over to the front of the the front seat to get out and she can't get out on the one side because yeah, because she's blocked on the one side from the accident, and then the the driver's side door won't open, so she has to climb over Ghostface to get out of the car through the window, which is terrifying as it is. So she goes to like, um, as she's like crawling like past him, she's like just staring at his face, and the camera's like, like gliding by his face as well, and you think he's just gonna like, gonna jump up, but nothing happens, and she she like honks the horn by mistake. And Hallie's like, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sydney gets out and she tries to open up the back door, but it won't open. And she tells Hallie, you have to go through the front. And she's like, I can't. But she ends up doing it. We think he's going to wake up again, but he never does. So she gets out and they start to run. And they're like midway, halfway, like away from the car. And Sydney's like, I have to find out who it is. And Hallie's like, no, we have to go. Like, smart people run. We're smart people. We have to leave. And she says, I have to find out. So she goes back to take his mask off. And he's not in the car anymore. So she says, oh, shit. And Hallie's like, what? <laughs> and out of, out of nowhere, Ghostface comes up and grabs Hallie and stabs her. And Sydney watches her die. Oh, it was very, very dramatic <laughs> to me. It was, and it was very, um, I don't know, dumb of Sydney to want to go back, but I feel like Hallie could have like followed her too. I don't know. And she wouldn't have died. Or Hallie could have been like, bye bitch. And just keep running. She's like, I mean, I know she's there for her friend, but sometimes you just got to look up for yourself. But, um, um, but yeah, did you, what did you think of that scene? I, I enjoyed it. I love the fact that they actually, um, or I appreciate that they restrain from having him wake up and grab them out of the yeah. car. Cause that's what you're expecting. Even like when, when she gets her pulled through the car, you're expecting that grab of the foot. And that's what would have happened in another movie. But I appreciate that they held off, held off until you're like, Oh shit, he's gone. You know, we don't see it. And they give him just enough time to get away. If we're, if we're clocking it, because there's enough time whenever she's like, you know, stupid people, you know, stay, smart people run that holds thing takes place in the course of maybe 20 seconds but that's enough for him to sneak away obviously really sneakily or very quietly but um but no i appreciate how that setup was from the beginning to end and the 
the cop's death are brutal. That was brutal. Yeah. I mean, I I forgot how brutal both of them, but that one, especially with the face up, and like how Nev looks at it and she's like, "Oh my god!" I mean, she's yeah. she again. Her face acting, her her acting in this is just so on point. Without even having to say anything, you you understand or like when she's looking right face to face with both face and she's just like shaking and you see like her you know like a, uh, and you know that big ass car horn you know knocking her <laughs> back into reality you know so yeah it's, it's a great it's a great scene well 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 done i thought the sequel had that scene and the gal chase scene or the cat mouse scene those are two of my favorite scenes in this whole movie it mm-hmm. really makes you so like I don't like you really are on the edge of your edge of your seat watching it because you're like they just killed off a main character right and then yeah. you're like is Gal gonna get it but then when we see Dewey get it we're like they killed him now mm-hmm. and because at this point you're like I don't think they're gonna like bring him back like they did in the in the first one like he just like, got think they already played again. that course yeah you, yeah you, why would they do that but again I think that was smart of them because it threw us off because we're expecting you not to do that or you right. know, or whatever or so it's like it's it worked for the character and but by that point though we weren't really sure where they were gonna you know it's kind of like setting up the rule for three and four it's like okay after a while i was like okay one of y'all have to die you know yes randy died in part two so that's where i don't mind and part three it's like okay y'all three survive part four y'all three survive again someone's gotta get something for me to be like yep we're not just setting you up the legacy characters and then you five, six, seven people come in. Two of you are going to be the killer. The rest of you all going to die. It got too predictable. I do think, though, I don't think Jamie saw the new one. So I don't know if she knows about Dewey. But yeah, that's why I'm trying to be a little, little discreet. Well, we're not like, being too spoily, spoilery, you know, because it's obviously so far in advance. But she'll never hear this because she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought for the latest scream, I think he agreed to that. I don't okay. think David Arquette thought the movie was going to be as big as it turned out to be. And I think he later regretted that they let him, his character die the way they, mm-hmm. the way that they did it. I really do. Cause um, in a lot of his press, he seems so depressed and yeah. so like sad. I don't know. Like if you go watch some stuff on YouTube, um, unless it's, it's like he was seriously theater. mourning the character. Like he yeah. really was he, cause he probably was like, Oh, I'm, I'm gone, you know, because they really made sure that was final. I mean, it wasn't just like these other severed nerves and things like that. They really went in brutal. I really hope for the next scream that they do something. I like, I really did enjoy the latest scream. I did, Mm -hmm. but it did sort of tell me that there really wasn't anything really necessary for it. Wasn't necessary that Sydney come back anymore because they were bringing in all these new characters. But I do think that, Nev Campbell should be a part of it somehow, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I hope they don't do some kind of like off screen kill where we're like, you know, oh yeah, she, you know, I, I, I almost like, I almost don't need an explanation. Like just leave it a little open-ended, give us a right. very vague. Um, but you know, I'm not really, I'm excited for it, but I'm just along for the ride at this point. Yeah. Well, well, I just hope that they do something bigger than like for the opening scene of the new one i didn't think it was that i thought it was good but i was waiting for something more to happen i felt like they sort of gave it all away in the trailer Mm -hmm. and when they kept saying it's going to be like totally different and when i'm when i'm sitting in the theater watching it i thought i totally could tell what was going to happen but the only thing that surprised me was that she lived 
and they didn't kill her off because normally the opening kill dies, you know? Yeah. I, that's what I th- I realized too. I was like, well, uh, part of me was like, I feel a little jaded, but or a little, you know. But eh, it's I, I'm not really a big fan of that Jenna Ortega. I mean, she's all right. I I haven't watched the Wednesday. Everybody loves her. Show. Yeah, and I, I I can see why. Um, I just haven't really found the movie or the show. Maybe Wednesday will do it for me if I eventually start watching it. Um, I'm not really a big Adams Family fan in the first me place. Either. But um, I I might give it a shot. But uh, and I haven't seen what was that other movie she was in? Um, X. Yes, I haven't seen that one yet. I saw that she was she was good in that, but she had a very small part. Mm-hmm. But um, X X wasn't a Jenna Ortega movie. It was it was a Mia Goth movie, and mm, yeah, Mia Goth was really good in it. But um, I feel like Jenna Ortega has she's very one note with how she talks. Mm-hmm. It's she's very I don't I can't explain it. She's she's got a way of delivering her lines where she's just very like dull to me. I don't know. You what know it, who she reminds me of, and I mean this like actually as a compliment because I love these actresses, but she reminds me of like the old school B actress like Linnea Quigley and yeah. Brinky Stevens or whatever. Those actresses who you expect kind of that one line, that one note kind of feel or you know because that's what you're hiring them for almost is to give that that delivery um i never used to like those actresses until a couple years ago i started really enjoying some of those b b actresses and just for what they were and i've always been into the bad acting i mean if someone's like you know oh it's bad acting i don't want it it's like well that's the whole point it's not meant to be academy award winning it's just meant to be fun and you know like i don't know i i I got. I don't know. I just. I, I'm just. I'm just kind of on the fence of with this whole screen new screen movie and the <clears throat> moving on with these characters of Billy's daughter and you know like it, it, we'll see we'll see if they have enough to carry it without without um Nev. Yeah, yeah. They should have just paid her what they what she wanted. But I um, I was very into um, what's her face the the new girl Melissa um. Oh yes, the the, the, the sister. Girl. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't mind her. She Damn. was she was. I can't think of her last name. Um, I was very into seeing her in this movie because I was um uh, I watched her in something else and I really liked her. And then when I watched her in Scream, I was like, oh, I don't think she's a very good actress, but she's but she's she's very pretty. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. I don't know. Maybe she, maybe the new one will be will be better. Um, yeah, I didn't mind her too much, and it'll be interesting to see how they bring Kirby back. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see how they do that. And I, oh yeah. my god, and then that picture that came out on the internet where where it's Kirby and the new cast. Yeah, and everybody's like, "What did they do to Kirby's hair?" Oh my <laughs> god. Well, she's not a teenager anymore. Right. You know? Like that other movie came out like 20 years ago. <laughs> like, right. It's like wherever right. long. She's evolved a little bit. People, come on. I don't know. People Actually, jump to conclusions. Part four was shot about 40 minutes away from, from me. Really? Yeah, I go to that that town every so often. Oh my god. Did you go <laughs> when they were filming? No, unfortunately, I didn't didn't really um wasn't really up to date with when they were in town. But um but yeah, I was riding my riding my bike around one time and um, I had just dropped some of my friend off at the airport and I was just like, oh, this is a new area to ride around. And so I'm starting to ride around. I forget what made me put two and two together, but I was already on my probably like maybe 10, 15 miles into my bike ride. And I look and I'm like, am I in Plymouth? This is Plymouth. 
is that the is that the fountain in the oh my god oh my god i started oh i started god. freaking out and like there's all these like areas and like the streets and, and it's really cool because if you go to this town they do a lot of camera work or camera trickery because like Sydney will be talking and she's in like one part of the town and then like all of a sudden like the person talking to her is across town in a whole nother location but they make it look like it it's like just them just chit-chatting with each other and oh wow it's, it's really cool it's really fun to that, that helped me appreciate part four a little bit more because yeah. part four is just kind of like eh, it's, yeah same for me I know there. everybody loves part four and I'm like it's not that great if they if they just did what Kevin Williamson wanted to do originally, it probably would be better. But I feel like the the character development for part four is not that great. Yeah. But I like I like Jill. I don't think she's a great killer. But no, I, I'm I'm not really an Emma Roberts fan in the first place. I am now. I wasn't then. I am now. Yeah. But and what's kind of cool too about that is the the two houses that they feature in that movie, like the one in the beginning. And then like the one where Nev's like on the roof and all that, mm-hmm. those houses are actually across the street from each other. Oh, okay. And of this like little dirt road. Um, and it's kind of creepy actually. Um, especially <laughs> when you, when you think about it, but what's cool is too, is like, if you, um, if you like kind of look at the side of the house, like if you're just like riding along real slow, you can see that whole outside porch area where um, Kirby and what's his face or you know where she's doing the whole talk on the phone where she's like Texas Chainsaw Basket da, 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 da. Yeah. you see that whole like little um area that they do that oh, oh that's so know. cool that you can go there and see that so, I'll try to find some pictures I'll I'll dig them up for you and show you well okay. when I heard that they were doing the new scream in Wilmington North Carolina mm-hmm. but it was during COVID I was like oh my god I have to go because we used to go there all the time but I don't think I would have even been able to see them. Everything was so. It was I probably mean, really, really tight at that point. Yeah, but they did have that party scene where there they were extras in the party scene. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it would have worked, but it would have been cool to see them. But I mm-hmm. think it would have been a lot cooler if um, like if Wes Craven was still doing it. And I got yeah, to meet yeah. Kevin Williamson and all that stuff. But I don't know. Um, but we can keep talking about Scream 2. I don't know how long she's going to be. Okay. When Jamie's got to go to the bathroom, she's got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) What I have next is like the theater, but I don't know if there's anything in between that I just didn't write down. What I call it the third act. Okay. Yeah, we can start there. Why don't you? Why don't you start? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Balls in my court now, but um, but no, I I love like how everything kind of comes back to the theater, and there's there like Wes Craven, I think even says there's like that string of the theater being a part of this whole thing with you know the beginning and in or um marine and phil's death and then nev being a theater student and having that whole thing with we talked about with the um the rehearsal and now we're kind of coming together in this big huge grand finale bringing back the whole theater set and we already saw how some of it worked so they already set up a little bit of like this the um the walls and things like that so it really helped us whenever the walls are coming down and trapping her in and we we get a, a feel for that as opposed to just being surprised and not really getting an idea of how that worked basically trapping her center stage spotlight yes. on her you know he's he's got her right where he wants her so got you where i want you <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love this show. It's like a jukebox. (laughs) Jukebox musical or whatever they call those things. Um, The other thing is that we didn't mention before this, which is the finale of the movie, 
is that after Sydney and Haley were taken away for protection, Derek was sort of like hijacked by his fraternity brothers. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we get this quick scene of them actually in the theater and they have him tied up on the him drunk and yeah. Who do you love? Sydney and all this weird. <laughs> And I always thought the one guy who yells at him was so cute. (laughs) The one guy in the scene. He's like, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He always reminded me of somebody. Like, he always reminded me of, like, my ninth grade, one of my ninth grade teachers, like, my, (laughs) like, science teachers or something. I don't remember. He was, like, he was, like, the football coach. (laughs) wonder what he's up to now. Um. So yeah, we see um, that happening, and then yeah, Sydney escapes the car situation, and Haley gets killed, and we're back at the theater. Um, and like you said, the spotlight's directly on Sydney, and we're like, who could it be? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all of the backdrop starts falling because she's trying to escape or trying to get off the stage, but everything's falling, and um, Derek is dropped down, yeah. right? And she tries to wake him up. She's like slapping him and he's like drunk and untie him and everything. But she she's she's not getting there. Right. And then out of nowhere, we see the ghost face stand up. He comes up from out of nowhere and he has a gun and he's talking with the voice changer. And I don't remember exactly what he says, but um, he takes off the mask and we see that it's Mickey. And then he's sort of like insinuates that Derek was killing people with him like they were partners and Derek's freaking out and Derek's like I'm gonna fucking kill you you're dead you're dead and all of a sudden Mickey just shoots Derek right in the chest and Sydney puts her hand over his like wound like she's gonna save him but it's so sad and all he wanted was her to just believe him and just untie him and she just didn't believe him because of all the fucking mental gymnastics that they're like throwing at her with i mean i i can't blame her you blame her yeah that's what i know i mean if she's playing a 50 50 game if she lets him loose and they're both killers that she's got to fight off two people now and not just one I mean, and it it sets up that Mickey was doing this from the get go with Sydney, like putting things in her head. And like you said, you point out with the the hospital scene, just casting that shadow of doubt, whether he knew that this was going to be the ending or not. He he really sets it up so well that this falls right into place. And he's just like, you know, come on, Derek, you left me hanging. And, you know, why wouldn't you? Because he already knows Sydney's thinking about it. Sydney's kind of he's probably seen the cold shoulder he's given him. Or she's given him. So, yeah, it's the perfect, you know, just the perfect plan, you know, set in motion for him to just say, yep, you're you're part of it. And, you know, and I I, I appreciate that that way of um, manipulation because it shows that he's smart enough to do this and to set all these things in motion because it takes a lot to set some of this stuff in motion. If you start thinking about it like we are, like how we're analyzing it. You start seeing holes poked into it, but you know he's he's showing that he's calculated. Yes, so. that's the perfect word. He's calculated, um, but he's not the mastermind. <laughs> so Timothy Oliphant does give a really good performance, showing us that he is just fucking batshit crazy, and his whole reason for wanting to kill or you know start the killings again is because he says it's all about the trial. Everybody lives for a trial and, um, you know, he wants to make sure that he gets fame off of that. And then 
he says something like, you know, you got to have a partner. Um, oh, wait, no, he says he says something to her. Hold on. Hold on. He says something to her and then she cracks me up. She says, you're psychotic. Oh, he says he wants to get caught because he's going to blame the movies. That's his that's his um, reason for doing everything because it's all about the trial. And she says, you're a psychotic. And he says, that's what Billy was good at. It's all about the execution. And Sydney says, oh, yeah. Well, you're forgetting one thing about Billy Loomis. And he says, what's that? And she goes, I fucking killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and then she hits him in the face with Derek's uh, Greek letters. And that starts like a fight with the two of them. And she punches him. He punches her. And somehow he uh, ends up getting her again with the gun. Then um, he tells her she's got a Linda Hamilton thing going and he likes it. <laughs> it's a really great fight, by the way. She really gives it and he gives it back. But she really is a is a good athletic fighter. Nev is yeah. in general. She's great. Um, so then we see Derek being pulled back up into the um, the rafters and he's he's like, who could that be? And he says, you have to have a partner. And he says, it's a surprise cameo just for you. And we see Gal come out from from like the one side door and Sydney's like, Gal. And she's like, no. And then we see Debbie Salt come out holding a gun pointed at Gal. And Sydney's sort of like, we're like, and the audience is kind of like, who, like, what? <laughs> I remember, I remember thinking, like, what is she doing? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we hear Sydney say, "Mrs. Loomis," and Gal says, "It can't be. I've seen pictures of you." And Sydney says, "Yeah, well, sixty pounds later, and a whole lot of work, or something like that." And she goes, "It's called a makeover, Gal. You should get one." <laughs> <laughs> Such a bitch. You're looking a little tired. Something like, that. <laughs> something like that you're looking a little tired okay <laughs> she does it but she's been backing mickey's tuition um so that he could stay in school and pretty much just kill everybody and follow sydney around and they say that they met on the psycho website classifieds and <laughs> mickey just keeps telling them that he just can't wait for the trial and he says it's gonna it is gonna rock and then mrs loomis says Oh, Mickey, there isn't going to be a trial. And then she just shoots them. <laughs> and they're like, uh, what? So before he goes down, he's shooting off his gun and Gal goes to run and he gets her right in like the abdomen, like right on the side. And she falls into like the um falls off the stage into like the front of the stage. So now it's just Mrs. Loomis and Sydney. And she says, two birds, one stone. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, her dialogue and lines in this scene, the final scene with her are really good. Like they're really funny and she gives a really good performance cuz she is nuts and Oh, and really I, I love I love when she's like I forget what what prompts her to say but she's like cuz I think um it's when Sydney starts talking about Billy and she's like Randy spoke badly about Billy and I got a little knife happy. <laughs> you know? yeah. And she's like waving the gun. I just love how she's like she's just so like just right in your face with it. I love her so much. But she says um her motive is is just plain revenge because Sydney killed her son. And Sydney tells her that she'll never get away with this and she just tells her that everything's traced back to Mickey. She says that she was a good mother. She says she starts saying all this stuff like 
uh, I nurtured him and this and that. And Sydney goes and abandoned him. Isn't Mickey supposed to be dead? So then she like distracts her. And then Sydney goes in the back and she starts playing with all the stuff in the theater and making everything like go off on the stage. With like, all the effects, all the yes. sound, like even like the thunder sounds. And, you know, yep. I love that she does she's that. Like, Almost moving like moving the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like hacking at, you know, ropes and things. And she's moving. I'm just like, girl, you stick focus just focus She's doing the most yeah <laughs> um i love and- gail look or not gail but um debbie looking through her eye like looking through that little peephole and yes you, and you just like gleefully whacking at the ropes and <laughs> yes and we see like fake rocks falling and they're, like, they're hitting debbie salt or mrs loomis whatever she's like oh no <laughs> she's like, grunting and making all these noises and then that's when we see her like banging her whole body against the door trying to get in and she's shooting at sydney but then sydney turns everything off because she thinks that she's like underneath um a pile of rocks or something and as sydney's walking back to go to the front of the stage uh, mrs loomis jumps out and um she grabs sydney again and they're fighting and sydney's on her back Mrs. Loomis has the knife like directly in front of her face, like she's gonna stab her. And Sydney sees the gun, like she's trying to get the gun. But then we hear a gunshot and it's Cotton Weary. And that's when Cotton comes up and he pretty much saves the day. So Mrs. Loomis is trying to let Cotton know that Sydney put him away for a year. And she's like, she sent you to prison for a year. <laughs> like, if that's not like enough to let me just kill her and um that's when he turns the gun on sydney right like kind of like you know well what's she gotta say you know like oh she's right yeah and he goes the diane sawyer interview is starting to look a little uh (laughs) good right now right and then she goes consider it done so then we see that cotton shoots mrs loomis and they both both go on the ground yeah and we're like who did he shoot and but the whole time like we see sydney her eyes are wide open and then sydney coughs and she gets up she says Cotton, give me the gun. And he's like, oh, sure, sure, take the gun. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was funny because he was so tough in that moment, right? Like where he's like playing with her life. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, take it. It's fine. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> you agree to the interview. I, I, I'm ever grateful for you now. I know. Eternally grateful. So then we see Gail. She's alive, thankfully, because I love Gail. And- I love how he jumps back. Did you notice how like when she jumps up, like Cotton is like, oh, yeah, he's like he's such a girl. He, I mean, like, no offense, you know, but he's like he's so like you know like you know the one that's like you know like you know oh, ah and like he's like then he's like oh, whatever it's just Gail, you know, but he's just like ah like he said after he played so you know I'm so manly with his gun ah you know now he's all oh <laughs> he's, he's so he plays it so well I love I never realized how much I love that character or how he plays the character yeah it is he is he is really really good at it um. But Gal says it just the bullet or the yeah, the bullet just bounced off her ribs. And he says, you got you're like a cat. You got nine lives or something like that. So then Gal says, give me one of those because Sydney has both guns now. And they're both looking at Mrs. Loomis. And Gal says, do you think she's dead? And Sydney says, I don't know. They always come back. And then just in that moment, Mickey jumps up and he starts screaming and they both just go fucking crazy shooting him. And he ends up, he like does like a backflip, like on the <laughs> fucking rocks. And Mickey's dead. And then, um, and Cotton's like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> He's freaked out. <laughs> and then Sydney looks at Mrs. Loomis and then just shoots her right in the middle of the head, like she did to Billy. And she says, just in case. 
And then we get the final scene where they are walking out together. Uh, the press is like coming towards. Um, well, no, before that, um, Gail is getting checked out, and Joel comes up and he says, "Let's let's like report this like the old times." I'm like, "The old times? You just met her." And um, we see that Dewey is alive. Dewey's being taken out on a stretcher, and he's all whacked out. And we find out that it was scar tissue that saved him. He's all drugged amazing. Up. He's like, like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so she goes with him to the hospital. And he's getting into like the 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 van. He's like, bye bye. <laughs> he plays it so well. He's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, I was so happy. I remember watching that and being like, he's alive. They mm. kept him alive. I was Pain so happy because I think I messaged you when he came, when they came rolling him out. I'm like because <laughs> yeah he's gone for so long that you're just like okay he's you just kind of write him off you know yep, and like he's... when what's his face is covered in blood or whatever and he's like oh you know i found dewey and i was trying to help him we don't know what that means yep. you know what i mean like did he li- did he live were you successfully able to help him like we don't know <laughs> yeah yeah because she was just too freaked out she's like get away from me get away from yeah me. so then we see cotton and sydney walking or they're like a part. I don't remember. The press is all after Sydney asking for this, like what happened, right? And she looks over at Cotton, who's just standing there, and she says, "Ask Cotton. He's the real hero." And then he- they all go and surround Cotton, and she just like walks off. And then then we get this big big pan out of the whole school. And I always thought in that one tower that they showed that they were going to have like a ghost face just standing there. Um, I always, always thought that there was like they're gonna have a ghost. They're supposed to. They were going supposed to. to. Yeah. Yep. They were going to. I guess that's what Wes Craven was saying. Like he was, but he wasn't sure if that was gonna be too on the nose or too, you know. So I guess he was supposed to be also in the tower earlier as well. Like there was supposed to be a shot like earlier when they're on campus and they were gonna pan up and Ghostface was supposed to be in the tower, but. I'm Which is probably they- for the best that they didn't, because it just would have been too... Because to me, the genius's ghost face is he's not there until he's there. You know, yeah. he doesn't really, like, lurk around. And if he is lurking, you're you're in for it. There's not really a lot of him just there and then runs away or whatever. He's he's not, He's got a mission, and he carries it out, usually. Yeah. Right then and there. Yeah, and he's not like a... He's not like a supernatural person, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's... it, And they never... I mean, unless that they were like letting us sort of into what Scream 3 would have been and said that there was a third killer. You know what I mean? Um, Assuming because we know how that pans out, but they could have done that. But I'm glad that they didn't, you know? Yeah. Um, But the um, Collective Soul song is playing over the credits called She Said. And then we get the um, what, what do they call that? It It's. Uh, what was that type of music that used to be up uh, in like the mid two thousands? No, it's not alternative. It was like like Fallout Boy type music. Oh, like indie emo? Indie... No, I can't think of it. But we hear the um the song he sang in 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 the cafeteria. Oh, I think I love you. I think I love you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We hear that playing grungy kind uh, of sounding version or whatever. Yeah. Not grungy, but I can't think of it. But anyway, we hear that and we get the title cards of all the actors, which I always enjoy. Directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. And that's the movie. Um, I love this movie. I love this franchise. I'm so glad that we're doing this for our Christmas episode. And I'm so glad that you were able to come on, Justin, and do this with us. Yeah, I appreciate um, you asking me. I really, really had fun going down memory lane. 
I really Thank appreciate you. that you know as much dumb fun facts as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I held back too. I knew a lot more, but I'm like, why? Just say it. Just say it because I don't have any fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie never even used a cordless phone outside. <laughs> uh, um, I still well, have here. my here. I still have. Remember this this phone? Oh my <laughs> god! Lip phone? <laughs> yes. I always That's wanted so one. DJ Tanner had one. I was like, yes. "Oh my god, I gotta have the lips phone." I love it. It actually oh. works and everything. But that's so funny. How many people do you think want those? Probably a lot. Probably a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, you could sell those. Vintage, <laughs> right? So anyway, um, I don't have a lot of fun facts. I just know because we said a lot of them throughout the episode, but yeah. Um, I will say David Arquette and Courtney Cox started dating on this film um, by the third one. I believe they were married Mm -hmm. and um, there was other stuff. I, I did read that Wes Craven had issues with Sarah Michelle Gellar. I did too. I I heard that there's rumors going around that um, Jenny McCartney's character in part three was modeled after Sarah Michelle and like, Sarah Darling is her name, and that's what I guess what Russ Wes used to call Sarah Michelle was oh Sarah Darling because you know she would always be a little diva ish I guess and yep. which he says I, that he says that in an interview where he mm-hmm. called her Sarah Darling on the set. So I I I really fully believe that and and if you look at that character of the Jenny's character Sarah got the short hair and has like the kind of certain highlights and wearing like a purplish top that Sarah was wearing or that CC wears and yeah whatnot so you know. yeah I am I, um, I and Wes Craven's very wink wink nudge nudge with that kind of shit that's what I like about him yeah and he's and he was a Leo so um I like the pettiness of it all <laughs> yep me too <laughs> that passive aggressive pettiness it's like you know oh yeah no 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 not at all <laughs> but. any other fun facts I think I'm good. No, I, think I, I think I gave an, gave all my, my good ones. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch the DVD with the commentary. I'm excited to listen now to see what they have to say. We were talking while you were on your break that we were that we love commentaries. <laughs> I can never good. get through the commentaries. Like any of the movies, the commentary stuff, I can't get through them. I'm like, can you stop talking? I'm trying to listen to the movie. <laughs> well, I only like it, it if it's if it's people <laughs> either like directors or like actors. Like if it's somebody who's involved with the movie and I know yeah. the movie pretty well, then I enjoy it. But if it's just so sometimes I have someone that's like, you know, just fans doing a commentary, which can be fun oh, if you're yeah. in, you like that the dynamic of the fans but it's just like i i, I want to hear unless they have some pretty good information or they're just like really fanatical sometimes i just want to hear like you know the, the experience on the set or right you know, the struggles or you know like the act the happy accidents that sometimes come from from those little things but yeah, but yeah um, I'm, I'm a sucker for all that knowledge and and information especially whenever you get somebody who like some of these eighties actresses or directors that you've never heard of from since these movies. And here they are 30, 40 years later, giving these interviews about a movie. They're like, I didn't even know anyone liked this thing. Yep. I can listen to that shit all day. Yep. Me too. Um, but um, yeah, I, mean, I, like... I, mean, I guess it just depends because I wouldn't mind hearing you guys talk over Dawson's Creek like in time, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it would be fun. Oh, because, my God. Could you imagine? Because you guys are I mean, like, that's what makes it so fun because you guys do a good job of breaking it down and you 
you make me feel like I'm watching the show. Um, oh. If I didn't know the show's already so well, I would feel confident to maybe watch it with you guys like that. Because <laughs> some of them, I, I'm like, I have to watch the show because I want to be able to add my own mentally add things. But right. um, where you guys are pretty good at breaking it down to, and not overly breaking it down. Because again, sometimes I'm like, on other podcasts, I'm like, oh my God, just get to the point. But you, know, you guys are really good at, at keeping us as if we have watched it and you're given just enough information and and commentary i guess um but yeah i would i would listen to you guys you know talk over 40 minutes of a dobson's creek episode <laughs> maybe see how long you guys can stay on topic sometimes i know like it's easy oh my gosh like how I we did like tonight we'd have you to know. like stop and pause it and <laughs> right. just like we would this would take forever <laughs> that's why it's easier in a free-flowing conversation podcast yeah. as opposed to we gotta stay on forum and talk about this moment on screen right now that's my other gripe about some commentaries is you can tell when they're not watching it in like the time and right. or there'll be like a couple seconds or a minute ahead. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not happened yet. Or that already happened. Or, you know, like I have like a Friday 13th part seven commentary, which I was huge. I'm a huge fan of that, that, um, that one. And I yeah, was I so excited because it had Kane Hodder, it had the director and it had um, the final girl, Laura Park Lincoln, which I'm a huge fan of hers. But what it was, was just a commentary between Kane and John Carl. And then they would just dub in Lars like little interview. They must have did an interview with her and then they just dubbed oh. in her interview part. So you would hear John and, and Kane talking back and forth in conversation about what was on screen. And then you would hear this just weird um voiceover of you know oh i remember doing this scene i remember oh doing this one that's scene. weird and i don't know if she was watching like maybe individual scenes or if they were just like you know we're going to talk about this and then add it here add it here add it here but it was just like that's choppy i don't like that you know? yeah i don't like that either i'd rather you just show up or do you know i don't know but do your own commentary that way but don't don't interrupt when someone else is talking because you probably interrupted some interesting story maybe I, I don't yeah know, but is that on a DVD or what? Yeah, that was on the official, like an official DVD release. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, but it's some one of those the... Friday Thirteenth DVDs aren't like um, accurate to me. I don't know. It depends yeah. on what company puts them out. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure that those new Blu-ray set that came out are pretty, yeah. pretty good. That but... one, that one has three commentaries, I think, for the part seven, and one of them is that clunky, um, clunky junky okay. one. But hey, it's part of. I, again, I loved it, but it was just like, I don't know, really? You should listen to um, Happy Horror Time podcast. They uh -huh. do those two. They're two gay guys and they're really funny. And they do interviews with a lot of final girls and directors of horror and everything. And then they re they also review other like scary movies. But that'd be cool. Um, I like whenever people do interviews and do like a little bit more in depth than just let's do a round table. So good. Oh, well, let me know what you think. They're so good. I will. And they're so, um, uh, they like they just make me happy when I listen to them because they're so just good at what they're doing. Um, but anyway, yeah, I um, I'm glad that we did this. I love the Scream <laughs> films, and I can't wait till next year when we do Scream Three, <laughs> right, Jamie? <laughs> I'm excited for it. Who knows? Maybe I'll watch before my year is up. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> just don't look it up <laughs> all right well why don't you tell everybody where they can find you justin 
Yeah. Well, you guys can find the Saved by the Bell New Class fan club page on Instagram. Just look up SBTB underscore new class, the new class underscore fan club. And hopefully we'll have my um, Saved by the Bell New Class podcast out sometime in the new year. Um, That's probably what we're going to get to. I want to get a couple episodes under our belt. We've gotten an interview with the... um, creator or actually developer but he's technically the creator of the new class franchise and um so yeah it'll be interesting to see where that goes and i'm happy to to get some of that under my belt and you know maybe have you guys on our podcast one of these times and talk about our show and you know jamie's forte into saved by the bell the new class (laughs) i need to watch it first not that great but you know no it's a good nostalgic show to watch you know all right well jamie why don't you tell us where to find your bookstagram yeah so my bookstagram is at jlynn underscore book lover beautiful (laughs) and if you want to follow us on instagram you can find us at creek talk podcast and on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. And you can join our new Facebook group and engage with us over there. And if you want to send us any feedback or any type of story you want us to read on the next episode, send us an email to creektalkpodcast at gmail.com. And we also have a new Patreon where you can subscribe and join one of our tiers and get some bonus content. We would greatly appreciate it. Just go to our link tree on any of our bios and click around over there. You'll get all the details. And if you're feeling generous, you can support us by giving us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. (laughs) Right? Is that it? (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's it. (laughs) But for now, we appreciate you listening. We hope you have a great holiday and a great weekend or wherever you're doing. And we will be back next week with an all new episode of Creek Tonk Podcast. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let's do a quick like happy holiday. Ready? What do you want to say? Just happy holidays? Happy holiday. Okay. One, two, three. Happy Happy holiday. Creek talk.